0: Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and coming Hey everybody, my television show, Trip Flip, premieres Sunday night, March 17th at 8pm, 7 central on Travel Channel Set your DVRs, tell your friends, and as always, go to birdbirdbird.com This is the bird cat. All right, we're recording Yoshi Obayashi. Yeah,
1: oh Yoshi's flying.
0: No, but what, how do you say your last name, Obayashi? Obayashi. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a huge um Asian fascination right now. Like the entire Asian culture is got, doing what like what happened to um <clears throat> to uh, Do you remember when like the the Latin fire happened in like '99 when Ricky Martin was like big? Yeah, know? it's happening with Asians right now.
1: I guess so because I do one podcast called D V D ASA.
0: Just started listening to it because, because it's happening. Yeah. David Cho Cho. See, like I didn't even know who he was. I didn't know who there there was like I knew you. Yeah. <clears throat> that was it. That was it. Right? But I knew you from I knew you from having seen you at the Irvine Improv. Yeah. And then through like Norton or like Attel.
1: Attel, Norton and Russell Peters. Yep. And you were nice enough to put me at the Schomburg.
0: You, can, you, prep, you, yeah. you came by, and yeah. I was like, oh, "I know, yeah, of course." Up. that was the funniest, by the way. That was the one of the funniest stories because for not that anyone listening to this knows exactly who you are. So, but for those who don't, Yoshi was a porn editor for a while before I got fired a year ago. I got fired a year yeah. ago. Is it is that just what's happening to the porn industry in general?
1: No, this is not something you know. They made up bullshit reasons, but uh, I had a problem with the general manager there, yeah. and um, I got fired. You know, I, I don't. I don't mind getting fired, but it was just all kinds of bullshit they pulled. I already, I, th- I talk about this on Ari first, thing, so I don't. Don't worry I, about I, I not yeah. to repeat. But um, <laughs> it was a bad ending. I worked there for nine years, and I did another four or five years in retail business. So I was yeah. at it for a long time, but I still kind of dabble in it. I hope oh. I, I, I David Taylor's, Dave's old porn season one and two. Oh, really? Consultant, whatever that means. Yeah. And, but you
0: know more than probably the average. Even oh, the average for sure. Comic. For I sure. I sometimes have an argument with my wife. Like she thinks that that my knowledge of porn is not shared with the general population. And I was like, bullshit. I think it is. I, she goes, no, you live in a subculture where that's what you guys do. Like you guys go on the road and you look at porn yeah. you talk about porn you make jokes about porn and you, know, you email to each other. That's your subculture, but that's not shared with the general public. And I was like, bullshit. And then I was talking to some of the dads in the school and they're like, oh, I fucking know exactly who that is. Shut up. You fucking met her? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Savannah Sampson was the person I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Did a show with her back when Vivid used to do comedy nights?
1: Yeah, she did her first movie called American Angel in Paris with Rocco Cifredi for Evil Angel, the company I worked in. Basically, she asked her husband her fantasy of her birthday. She want to have opportunity to fuck Rocco. And her <laughs> husband's like a pretty level. Okay. So she from Paris wrote a letter to Rocco and say, I want to have sex with you. She literally flew into his apartment and just started fucking. And that's how her... Uh, Career started. And apparently,
0: it was like super aggressive.
1: She wasn't used to that. Really? She wasn't used to it, and I don't think Rocco's. She's he's very passionate. He loves women, but there's a lot of like rough sex, yeah. a lot of spitting, a lot of dragging women's t- heads and toilets and things like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've
0: never shown up in the bedroom with me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just. But you know, I think his jo- job is to expand people's imagination yeah. because when you watch porn, I guess. It give. I don't know if it's a license, but you know, like some people are into this kind of sex too, and yeah. I, I think it's really uncomfortable for people to talk about sex. Yeah. So I think guys try to show porn and say, you know, these are
0: like That's other possibilities. Yeah. yeah. This is the stuff I'm into. <laughs> My wife has never even watched the porn. I, I pulled up uh, uh, Ginger Banks. Lynn? Ginger Oh, is there a Ginger Banks? Maybe Ginger Lynn? She has a she has a Vine account yeah and so I, I picked it up on today and i showed my wife what her typical i just was looking through vine and that when and leanne's like what's yeah. that it's just her fingering herself and the was like oh my god why would someone put that out there and i was like what well, that's what she does for a living but not to not to obviously get you off on a tangent of porn but the the point was yeah you came out and you you did a set you killed and then you were like very grateful and you go hey you know i have a, a box of porns yeah, in the back. And if you want, you can give, they're just free. You can give them away with your DVDs and maybe yeah. sell more DVDs. And I was like, oh, great, thanks. So I, you had like maybe 30 or something. And th- yeah. I, I, get every, I said to him, guys, Yoshi's kind enough to, if you buy a porn, if you buy one of my DVDs, you get a free porn. Yeah. And I sold out of DVDs. I sold all <laughs> yeah. my fucking DVDs. <laughs> right. and, and I gave everyone, everyone <laughs> a porn and we had one left. We had one porn left and it was me and Tony Baldino, the owner of the club. Yeah. And we said, put it in. Let's see what we just gave everybody. And it was... Um, I can tell you the scene mm-hmm. but I, and you'll know what movie it is. Uh, it's Belladonna. Okay. She's wearing a ski cap. Okay. And she it's girl it's all girl on girl and they I think they're in a cabin maybe.
1: Oh, cab I, What did they call it? Cabin Fever or um they went to Big Bear. Yeah. In a bus. Oh, that's a good one.
0: Well, there's a sex scene with yeah. Jenna Jane or no with uh, with with Belladonna who I was completely unfamiliar with. I didn't know I'd never heard of Belladonna.
1: One of the greatest, greatest performers of all time.
0: Hands down, no questions asked. That woman has some fucking abilities. But this scene, she was hooking up with a woman and she was, it, it looked like she was rummaging through her pussy. Yeah. Like just fuck, like she lost something and was looking for it. And it was so aggressive that Tony Baldino, like all of us were like, holy shit. Like, this is some next-level shit. Yeah. And Tony Baldino started laughing hysterically, and he goes, you just gave 30 people who like your comedy this video. They're going to put this in. I was like... <laughs>
1: it's a... You know, the place I used to work, they sell some pretty hard stuff. Really? It's very very good. But I'm so jaded. After a while, I just think it's normal. Yeah. And so you, we, the guy who worked in the DVD department, we kind of put pressure on the directors. Like, uh, you need to bring your game up, you know, make it even more <laughs> aggressive because now I'm getting kind of used to these things, you know. So, But you know you know what's so strange? Because when we were a kid, we were around the same age, we watched porn. Now, comparing to what they're uh, making now, yeah. it, it was tame. It, it's almost uh, camping in a way, you know. Yeah. So so the kids watching uh, the stuff now, I wonder what kind of taste they'll have 15, 20, 30 years from now. It's going to get... More
0: aggressive, you know? Uh, they're going to be like... Uh, when I have an orgasm, I like to punch a on in the stomach to hear that noise. Yeah. Mm. Like... <laughs> I'm looking for something <laughs> real. Just... Mm. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's true. And I think... I, You know, I kind of dialed back. Not like... I definitely have the... I have the regular porn appetite of a regular dude. Yeah. But one day I was like... I was like, shit, I think I broke my governor. Because now, like... I was looking for. I was like, I was bored. I was looking yeah. porn. I was like, girl, and girl, that's stupid. Girl and girl, really? What yeah. Nineteen eighty nine. Like, and 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 so I just had to pull pull back almost entirely because I was like, I I want it, I I want to be. This sounds really stupid. I want to be like turned on by myself. I want to be like. I would love to be able to be like. Get, like all of a sudden just have as opposed to it be like it's thursday on the road and i just got done doing radio well this is when i jack off and right. I, you know so i kind of, i kind of pulled back a tad bit and i think having daughters definitely
1: well i, w- I know this is very sensitive but um how do, how would I, you know the big thing in the last 10 years with people's girlfriend experience i noticed with the young kids they they want now porn star experience right so yeah. I don't know what's going to happen because my, one of my friends' kid emailed me and he basically said, I know what you do for a living. and put me in an awkward situation because I don't want to talk with that kid Yeah, right about it. But so he, he, now we're in a situation where I think some young girls feel like pressure to do something because boys watch porn thinking, oh, that's what boys want. And the boys think, oh, that's how girls behave. You know, you know where I'm coming from? No, like, yeah, it's, so like is, I don't know what started what. But think their attitude about sex is way different from mine because when I was a young kid and when look at naked girls, we didn't have internet. I literally have to go to local magazine store and uh garbage can see if there's yeah. any the porno stuff. But it's all this shit is available for them and they're way too knowledgeable yet. They're not emotionally ready for that stuff, you know. Yeah,
0: it's it's the truth and it and you know it's mm-hmm. it's kinda of fucking crazy because I start thinking like my daughter, and this is nothing even remotely close to that, but my daughter uh, cracks her neck. She's eight years old and she goes crack, crack, and cracks her back. And I'm like, that's like a. All th- th- person shit, yeah. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Like, where'd you get that from? She was like, oh, the kids at school do it. So the kids, it's like kids are growing up so quickly, especially in yeah. LA, where you're like, I mean, you, I know you hear those. It's almost campy, but those horrible stories of like Oprah, like the ri- the color wristband is what they do. Oral sex yeah. is this, is and brown is aim- like. Yeah. I, man, when I didn't, how old were you when you lost your virginity?
1: Technically fifteen, I guess. Technically, <laughs> well, I, I I was in Long Beach and um, I was walking by, and this black girl say, "Hey, you want a blowjob for twenty dollars." <laughs> And then um, I went back to my house because I never heard such a talk before. I didn't know you could buy sex whatever. I'm so naive, right? So I ran back home. <laughs> I had a sandwich bag full of the change, like 1965. I was, like, struggling for the last 35 cents. Yeah. So I got it. It's all change. I paid the girl. She might have been 15, 16, 17. It's, it's hard to tell with black girls because their <laughs> body was developed. But she's probably within one or two or three years of me, so she started giving me a blow job and maybe almost a minute her pimp boyfriend slash manager came and kicked me down <laughs> on the floor, smudging through my pocket to see if there's more money and yeah. that was pretty much the end of it so
0: so that was fifteen yeah, <laughs> why do you make me laugh so hard? no why I just, like, I'm not you don't know, no, but you know that you know that like so is, that, of... is
1: that a losing virginity right there like, no so, yeah
0: yeah that that's, I think. yeah I think she that's
1: had her, I mean she. I have to say black ladies with those fat lips i really love <laughs> i'm not saying it i'm not saying racially they're, it's
0: not racially. It's it's never, they're great. nothing ever comes out racist from you like when the way you talk yeah makes me think that you're just being honest yeah. these are the words that you came up with to say it like i, I told they're fantastic you. i mean they're, they're better than the asian girls <laughs> i've never i've never hooked up with either okay i've never hooked up with any I've, i although um although i'm telling you man i'm obsessed with asian asian culture I'm obsessed with it right now. not like just the tattoos and the, yeah. but like with the food, but I'm talking like <laughs> the, the development of a child whose parents are first generation. Yeah. I guess I don't like, I don't, I guess is it racist to say, use the word immigrant? No, no,
1: not at all. But immigrant, even it is. Who cares? We're yeah, comedians, you yeah, know. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're yeah. We're, there's no fucking mal malice yeah. in this. But like, I'm fascinated by what happens to the the like like the Bobby Lees whose parents are are from that country, or my buddy Tom. His mom, mm-hmm. my buddy Tom's mom was. Do you ever read the or hear the book Heaven and Earth by Oliver Stone? Made a movie of it. I saw the movie. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Read my buddy book. Tom. That's his mom. So you kidding me? No, fucking he's amazing he's one of the most interesting dudes in the world did you interview him for podcast no I should fucking I should call him and tell him to come over I, I, I want to meet that person. <laughs> I wonder if I can call him I see if I have his number Um, yeah he's he's um del- make, him, make sure he delivers some Chinese food too he's got uh <laughs> he's got the he's like the best fucking cook you'd be fucking he's he'll blow your mind that is crazy story yeah his mom I should fucking call him oh I got his number right here I'll call him Um, so that was his mom yeah that was his mom and his and his mom hangs out his mom's his mom's over there right now like his mom's fucking fascinating bro you should interview him before I should should interview him but I but I but she's also she's very matter of fact yeah but they've they've kind of introduced me a lot to like a lot of things hey Tom what are you doing Tom what are you doing you what? Restore, restore. Okay. Hey, if you want to come by, I'm doing a podcast with my buddy Yoshi, and uh, he's uh-huh. and he's Asian. You can come by. We're co- <laughs> stop by on your way here, and and you can jump in. He's dying to meet you. Uh, I just had a, um, What's that? I said, I, okay. Well, come by if you okay. can. We're doing okay. it now. All right. Oh, thanks. Bye. So yeah, his his. Like, his mom invited me over for Vietnamese food. Yeah. And it was, I, I was like, I was just coming over to pick up my sunglasses. Yeah. And I was like, Leanne was making dinner, and I came over. And then all of a sudden, she just, like, welcomes you in. And this is a woman who's gone through insane hardship. Oh, yeah. Like I saw that movie. Jesus. Jesus. Fucking, like, like ki- uh, kidnapped, tortured, mm-hmm. sent back to a village, tortured by them, then sent. And, like, just horrific. But my point is. Tom's a fascinating dude because he had he was the first generation of okay this is it we need to assimilate yeah it's my job to assimilate us I got to pay the bills I got to figure out the you know I got to do this I got to do that yeah. and and like and it's but the, the same thing happened with um the guy I told I emailed you and I said you introduced me to that guy Eddie Eddie Wong yeah. And that guy's fucking fascinating. Yeah. And he, it's the same scenario. And you are even more so. You were born in... Japan. Japan. But you're Chinese, right? I'm ethnically Korean. Ethnically Korean. Yeah. And born in Japan and then came over here... 1980. In 1980? How old are you now? I'm
1: 43.
0: Okay. So you were like 13? Um, I was almost 10, 11, I guess. Oh, yeah?
1: Yeah. And... It was, it was really weird circumstance because because my parents got divorced. I didn't know about it.
0: Oh, I heard this story, and you got kidnapped. Yeah, she
1: basically brought us over here. And she said we were flying. My hometown Osaka, which is kind of like Chicago slash Detroit of Japan. We got in plane. She said we were flying into Tokyo, which is odd because trains probably faster. Yeah. Then I woke up next morning. We we're in Hawaii, and basically my mom said, "Your dad and I are divorced." She brought us over here. And then uh, from Hawaii, we went to Washington State, and I lived there for a while, but... um, And that
0: would... You you met Joey, Brody, all those guys up there, right? Yeah, in Seattle.
1: Doing stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, Dad... But it's interesting you you say that because I think Eddie is Eddie and David Choi. what my po- the podcast I work on DVDSA it's
0: it's it, by the way it's I, I listened to the very first one then yeah. bits and pieces of the other one I'm I'm fascinated also I'm, I'm uh, one of the uh, not to not to jump all over the map but like um one of the other things is the acceptance that um that it seems that every Asian dude I know yeah. of has with porn in that it is not. It, it is not culturally frowned... It's not culturally frowned upon, but it's like... All you guys seem to be very comfortable being not only good friends with, but it seems like dating porn stars yeah. and hanging out with them. And whereas, like, like some white comics will be more like... Yeah, 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 they'll hang out with them, but they kind of keep their distance. But it seems like it's really kind of, you know, the same stroke of the night.
1: In, in, in Japan, they don't have that kind of stigma at all. I think partly because it's not a Christian na- nation. And it's also we didn't have to deal with Sigmund Freud's psychoanalysis. We don't really deal with problem that way. Yeah. And it and we're also not guilt driven society. It's a shame driven society. Yeah. So there's not um like Jim Norton used to tell whenever we talk he think we have a horrible porn in Japan. First of all, I don't think it's a horrible porn. I think they're innovative porn, but um <laughs> Oh, uh, they're over here, but it's he, a lot he, of
0: it's a lot, of, a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. No, sure, but a, no, but a lot of the Japanese porn is always some girl groaning like crazy, like oh. It's very rapey. Oh. Yeah, it's like because Japanese men are
1: into rape. Really? I mean, they have a cartoon called Rape Man, and um, basically, <laughs> the cartoon's ridiculous because <laughs> cartoon's ridiculous because you could never pull that stuff. But it's basically a Rape Man. See a guy getting dumped by a girl, and she's being really cunty. Yeah. So he will break into her house, middle of the night, rape her, make her realize she's being a bitch. At the end of it, she said, thank you, Rape Man. You made me realize I'm a horrible person.
0: <laughs> that is such a ludicrous... <laughs> you can't pull that shit
1: over here, but... Never! Peop- ever! But people read reading in, in Subway, and in like a comic book form, and women were sitting next to it, the guy reading a Wake Man comic book right next to her. Are you serious? Yeah.
0: So, so what... Now, okay, so we go back to... Uh, about the uh immigrant oh
1: so but you know the people that you meet are uh, uh they're a combination of very exceptional and slash scumbag version of all the asian people that you know because even the dvd I say I, I work with asakira who happened to be the performer every year this year in porn you know she beat all the other performers all races to be number one anal queen yeah. then you have david Cho now considers one of the highest, if not the highest paid artists in the world because of the Facebook deal that he made, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. It's a New York Times article last year.
0: What was the Facebook deal? (coughs) Well, I don't know anything. All I know is that he did the, the buck tooth whale.
1: Yeah. That's his signature thing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: he did art, art thing down here in LA, like 10 years ago. And some guy who owns a beauty, um, Salon place in San Jose, asked him to go up there. He went up there. He met this girl who became his girlfriend for a long time. So he ended up moving to San Jose. And somebody saw his artwork, I think, and had something to do with Sean Parker, one of the creators of Facebook. And um, I think that's what happened. I I could be wrong. But basically, Sean Parker, who was played by um, Justin Timberlake in Social Network, asked him to do artwork for him. At first, at Napster and Plexical or something like that. Yeah. Eventually, when he started Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg, he asked Dave to do it. So their first office, Dave did all sorts of graffiti stuff for them. He hated Facebook. He thought it was a stupid idea. Yeah. He, was, he thought it was going to be all MySpace because, you know, people forget seven, yeah. eight, nine years ago, MySpace was king. Oh, yeah. So he finished. They offered him, I think, 60000 cash or something or shares in Facebook. And Are you fucking kidding me? No, I mean – now, everybody thinks that's obvious, but it's obvious now. It wasn't obvious at the time, and yeah. they're offering $60,000. That's a lot of money. It's like a big of money. Yeah. <clears throat> and he told me – he didn't give a shit about Facebook. He thinks he's just stupid, but he put money in because – he bet money on Mark Zuckerberg and Sean Parker because it was even obvious to him, even though without any sort of computer background, these two guys are geniuses. Yeah. And you always put money on talent and genius people over anything else. So he did it, and um, I don't know how much it's worth. But New York Times last February of last year said between two to 3 four hundred four—I don't know—at least two hundred million or something so, like that.
0: So David is rich. Yes. Well, he was already rich before
1: the Facebook. He was making millions from gambling and millions from artwork gambling like poker i don't know what he plays but he when i first met him seven years ago i went to um this kind of really rough place where all the salvadorian people live like a gangster infested area yeah i don't i hardly know the guy he invited me i walk in he shaved his head he's bleeding from his wrist because he has that breakdown he knife a cross on his both of his wrists He's bleeding right? mind you i've never met him before <laughs> he shaved his head so he doesn't look like himself he's bleeding from his breath he invited me to meet his friend uh, Harry Kim who did his documentary and there's about 60 to thousand dollars in cash in the middle of the room crispy hundred dollar bills because they, they just went to Vegas want that money and he told me just sit down and wait for the meal and they just left you know Dave's in the other room and two other people in the backyard barbecue stuff and they, they just met me you know yeah. there's all this cash I could run away it was just so strange right I asked him that, that like uh, maybe a couple months later maybe a year I don't know when I asked him like don't you think it's strange like you would just invite somebody with that kind of cash yeah. you don't really know me you know he basically said well if you took it you took it I wouldn't make a big deal out of it so <laughs> is that weird it's really fucking weird and I didn't take the money because growing up in Japan in a neighborhood full of yakuza's yeah I've seen this thing where sometimes they overpay you, see if you're honest enough to pay back or not, and if you don't, they beat the shit out of you. I remember seeing shit like that growing up. Yeah. So I never fuck with other people's money, you so know?
0: That's it's so funny that you would go growing up with Yakuza. Like, that is. Insane. I mean, technically, Koreans, we live in
1: a bad neighborhood, and it's, you only see people like that. Really? Yeah.
0: What, like, now, what is it about you that you get into? Like, so you're, you're, you're friends with, uh, arguably, probably. Mm-hmm. Three of the greatest comics working. You work with them, Russell, Jim, David Attell. Yeah, you're friends with those, are your friends. Yeah, you're friends with probably any big porn star that's ever probably. Well, I'm friends
1: with you and Joel Rogan. I like
0: Rogan. Rogan loves all you. those guys are down to earth guys. Yeah, but but how? But what is it about you that like? I can tell you uh-huh. what, what draws me to you. Yeah, like what I what I what something about you I find absolutely fascinating because you have a very matter of fact sensibility. So you don't really try to like. You, it
1: hasn't it hasn't been always easy for me. This is like it took years to do that because growing up in japan you're not supposed to express any opinions you're not supposed to stick out There's a saying in japan it's called um the nail the stick out must be hammered in so for Japan to have stability and peace, everybody have to whatever the personal need they have hold it in and think about the needs of everyone.
0: God damn it, that's so un American.
1: But it, it, you pay a lot of price when you do that, though, because you you uh, uh, suppress individuality and creativities and things yeah. like that. There are advantage and disadvantage. But I still prefer America over Japan. But there's times I am even, even i am amazed. Like March 11, 2011, um, when the tsunami thing hit Japan, there was no there was lines and people never cut. And even people who are injured always told everyone else to take please take care of others first, you know. And David Cho said as a Korean person, that shit would never happen in Korea and in China. And I think there's a social contract among Japanese like we will do everything by the group, you know. So there is some benefit to that's that. That's
0: a fucking I would love that. We I live on a street that's one way. Yeah. And you can't take a left off of the main street onto my street and then go all the way through you is yeah. one way. There's a block off and everyone cu- fucking cuts through. And I see them do that. Yeah. And we're right where the thing is. And I'm constantly fucking angry at cheaters. Like, yeah. you know when you drive up Royal Canyon? Yeah. And it's like the far right lane is a turn right onto Mulholland. Yeah. And then, and then the, the, the other lane is go straight over. Yeah. And you see fuckers drive up that right and then cut over at the last minute. Yeah. There's a bus that did it. Yeah. And I was like, you're a fucking state employee. You don't have to be anywhere quick. Yeah. You're, why are you cutting the line? Yeah, you should lead by example. I almost vined the license plate of that bus and called him a cheater, but I couldn't get on my phone. Cord. Yeah, but that—that's—that is pretty fucking awesome about Japanese culture.
1: Yeah, but but when you do not fit into the group, that's when there's a lot of problems. Um, mm. uh, there's this thing called ichime, which is like uh, I don't know how to explain in uh, Japanese, but. English, but it's basically a social problem in Japan. S- explain
0: it in Japanese, and I'll see if I can understand it. I'm joking. <laughs> no, Because <kidding.
1: laughs> I had to deal with this when I was a kid. So any kid that stick out and doesn't fit in, the group feel like they have an obligation to put, make that person fit in, usually by beating that kid and uh, verbally so abuse them. Bullying. Yeah, but on steroids. Because oftentimes, if the kid never learned to adapt, oftentimes they kill themselves. This is very common in Japan. So... I got picked on because I'm ethnically Korean, so I, I would do something a little different from them. Yeah. So they could catch up to that. And I'm really tall. Yeah. I literally stick out from the rest You're of the group. You were like what, 6'2"? Six 6'1". Six yeah. and, um, and, two. I remember one time, there's a school assembly. All the kids from first or sixth grade were put in the middle of the field. And every Friday, the principal talked talk to everyone and say, this is the kind of things you need to do. Think about this and that, right? So... This is like mid-70s, so the teacher asked, what is the biggest concern for Japan that we need to face? Nobody raised their hands. Miramar spent 400 kids in field I don't know why I did it. I raised my fucking hands and said, I think we should be worried about oil crisis of <laughs> Japan, right? I'm like second grade. I don't know why. Where that come from?
0: <laughs>
1: right? I got my ass kicked every day since then
0: idea people it's, they're beating you up and you're just like it was an idea didn't we, we shouldn't we embrace our hands yeah that's so fucking
1: so they think you've been better than them so I got beat up like you know how many Japanese kids study in the states they learn to speak English yeah they go back to Japan they on purpose l- speak really bad in front of his friend in English because they don't want him to think he's better than them Really? When you reach exceptional level, they give you a hard time. See, these are, oh, people see all the great things of Japan. Yeah. It's like if I brought people from overseas and took all the wonderful plays, never show them all the horrible things of America. Because yeah. I love America, but but it's not a perfect place. There's no, some horrible. No. But if I only show them all the good things, it's wonderful. But if I only show you clips of America where people going to school and start shooting people well, and racism, raises If you just
0: went to America and then looked at World Star Hip Hop, you'd be like, <laughs> fuck, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, like i know what you're saying
1: so only thing people see is all the good things of japan oddly enough i did this podcast yes my podcast and um my friend was visiting he got in big trouble recently because he released this video youtube clip called uh is there racism in japan and believe me there is there is discrimination they're threatening him right now the nationalists you know um anyone who crazy fascist pro Japanese and the bloggers that attacking him, you know. He's yeah. Japanese American, taught English and he did this clip and he released it and he got even um, interviewed by Washington Post and my friend Mickey and um he didn't go back to Japan recently because he, he knows that it's, it might not be a good thing. And there's a lot of good Japanese people who care about their Japan. Yeah. They just don't want to stick out and say I agree with them. They're just afraid. Yeah. People when people are afraid to talk about it the bad people think there's no problem in Japan. Believe me, Japan's not a – it's a wonderful place. It's a great country, but there's a lot of problems, you know. They really have a lot of problems, and they don't like people like me speaking out. And that's the thing with Asian-Americans. A lot of people don't want to, say, speak up.
0: The, that, what's the thing that creates – and I, I, I only use you three as examples because yeah. you three have been in my conscious this last, like, three weeks. Um, Eddie is somebody I met recently, and he's great. Good for him because – I love
1: love seeing – this is like a second generation of kids coming up, and I don't care what they do. I just want them to speak out because I think a lot of Asian kids are just afraid to try something different because the pressure the parents put on on them. And I think that's really irresponsible on their parents. Yeah. I really do because Asians have a reputation supposedly being hard workers. I think that's all bullshit for this one reason. Asian people, especially the old school generation, work really hard because they don't want to deal with their personal problem, you see? Okay. See? See? see like, they want to control. They try to guilt the kids and say, look at all the shit I'm doing for you. But in reality, they don't want to live the life that they should be living. They they want to put that responsibility on their kids. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So they don't want to deal with their problems. So it's a very convenient thing. They just work really hard. Um my family's, you know, I don't talk to a lot of my family. My brother's kind of was mad for the last couple of years because I have a big mouth. But I think, um, I wouldn't say I'm a pioneer, but more fucked up things I do, it gave comfort to the Asian Americans not being embarrassed, you know? Well,
0: it's, that is the cool thing is that, like, it seems like, you know, you guys and then <clears throat> another one of my buddies, uh, probably, I would say a good friend, our, fr- our daughters are best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, or best, yeah, what our best friends are at eighth grade, eight at eight years old. There's a guy named Roy Choi who mm-hmm. does uh, Kogi taco trucks.
1: Oh, Dave and and and, and uh,
0: uh, Eddie knows him. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but it's so interesting because he's 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 straight up first generation, like his yeah. parents. And and he it's he's massively driven, but he's extremely individualistic. Like he's he's yeah. completely at a, his own dude. And he's I mean he but he wasn't. He was corporate. Working sure. for, so for anyone that doesn't is now like who the fuck are you talking about? Roy Choi is the guy who revolutionized Los Angeles cuisine as we know it as Los Angelinos. Yes, he started the first uh, taco truck that was not Mexican.
1: It It was was like um, taco slash Korean cuisine combined.
0: Korean barbecue taco trucks. He was the first person – he lived next door to me in – or like across the hall from me in uh, L.A. for when we had babies up until we moved into this house. Wow. Yeah, and and he was working at Rock Sugar as the executive chef. He had been the executive chef in Sacramento for like the Hilton or whatever. Yeah. And he had worked his way up and he was – but he was, like, done. He was tapped out. And he was like, I feel like I'm not being me or yeah. whatever the fuck he I'm not going to put words in his mouth. But he felt like he wasn't being himself. And he decided to invest in uh, Kogi, to yeah. Korean taco trucks. And it is now that when you see taco trucks and you're like, what? Two hot girls barbecue and that's on the taco truck? You you can thank Roy Choi. Yeah. That was his idea.
1: That's a, he, he's a definitely a, a innovator. He's pioneer a pioneer. For sure.
0: and, and you want to hear something even worse? He told me about that idea of Thanksgiving. Like the thanksgiving before he did it he yeah. told me about it and i literally was like that's a horrible idea <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's the worst idea ever roy. Yeah. you can't do that you have a daughter keep your job at rock sugar you know look maybe now he's fucking i mean he's huge i went into a meeting at uta the other day and they started used him as an example and yeah. i go hold on you're talking about my roy Choi, the guy i know yeah and they're like yeah he's fucking huge, huge. I mean, so but but he changed and went 180 and i watched him open up and he started getting tattoos yeah he started dressing more comfortable and it was like all of a sudden this financial freedom or this creative freedom really made him like blow up in so many other ways and now i look and i'm like the 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 white kids seem to go into like like one of four paths. Mm-hmm. You're either a hippie, you're like a you're like a bully, you're like alternative, or you're you go off and you love black culture mm-hmm. and you're like Eminem. Yeah. So it's like you're not. There's like there's you know it's it's white kids aren't really expressing themselves the way it seems to me that the Asian culture is expressing themselves these days.
1: It 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 was really hard for Asian American because um, they were always afraid. I think there was a bit of. Um,
0: just checking to make sure we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs> I always worry about that shit. So, what were you saying? I, I think,
1: historically, I think Asian Americans were kind of scared to try different things and stick out. Not just Japanese, but um, Chinese and Korean people. Because because of a lot of the misunderstanding last 100 years, we had problems since, you know, Spanish-American War in the Philippines, and World War II with Japan, and Korean War, and Vietnam War, and... I think I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Well, I, I I think I, mean, th- I think we need to do a better job. Um be I think we're all at times looks and act exotic. I think we do a better job of like open up to people. But I think non Asian people should be more Tolerant and tried to learn Asian things. Too. Oh yeah. Oh
0: well, you know, here's mm-hmm. the big. I I actually got in this conversation last night with someone because it's like I said, it's on the top of my. It is where my head's at these days. Yeah. And it's uh, you know, I I used to have a joke about this, and it was it's a joke, but it's very honest. I knew one Asian person my whole life growing up. Two, maybe Pete Curry, and this guy Sam Ho. Who's it? Where did you grow up, Florida? Tampa, yeah. Okay. We didn't have any Asian people.
1: My friend Mickey getting all this trouble in uh, Japan. Yeah. He was one. He was the only Japanese kid, I think, down in Florida. I don't know where in Florida, but, um, yeah, he'd say it was strange growing oh, up in yeah. Florida as an Asian person. There's no Asian yeah.
0: people. There are none. <clears throat> and it's like uh, – and so I knew nothing. I knew yeah. absolutely nothing. Moved to New York. And even in New York, I would say New York was still fairly – New York I, New York's not as as integrated as Los Angeles there was Chinatown and that was it like in New York yeah. and you could go down to Chinatown and you saw Asian people but it wasn't like I just didn't seem like integrated the way that la was because now in la it's like all I, I all our friends yeah there's someone's Asian yeah like it's you know like I told I I before I get to the story but the joke I had which is kind of hacky but not hacky not hacky at all but not super proud of it now that I'm 40 and you know? yeah but like uh my daughter went to a was enrolled in a school before this one she's at now. That was like ninety eight percent Korean. It was in Koreatown in L A. And so, so we completely got immersed in that culture. Right. Like, like fucking. I was making kimchi omelets right. every morning. <laughs> kimchi Omelets. Yeah, well, that's because Roy even talked, even
1: even even I wouldn't touch that.
0: <laughs> Roy got me into kimchi bad, and so I put kimchi in everything. Yeah, I fucking put kimchi in everything. So, but, um. The I always thought Koreans were extremely fashionable. Like really like the Korean women were at the school used to come fucking dressed. Yeah. No one wore sweatpants. Everyone looked hot as shit. Like knee high boots. Well, like, we don't have asses, so I don't think sweatpants are worth us. <laughs> <laughs> so So but the joke I yeah. was saying the joke I was saying is when I first moved out to LA, yeah, I didn't know this. And, and I learned this I, – I, sometimes I tell on the stage differently, whatever the par- crowd is. But the truth is I learned this with Dr. Ken. Do you know Dr. Ken? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I haven't Ken, seen
1: him in a while, but yeah.
0: Ken, Ken Young. Ken Young, so, Jung. Ken Jung is uh, – you know him as the guy from The Hangover. Uh, if you don 't that he 's a very funny stand up comic very and a doctor stand up comic doctor and t- tremendously successful actor and a very sweet person and the nicest nothing like his character guy. the <laughs> nicest, the very, most yeah. reserved, sweetest dude in the world and me and him were opening up at together at Ontario and uh, and there was the long. There was a long hallway with yeah. allowing people in and out of. That's where people were exiting. Yeah. And Ken and I were standing in the hallway as people were exiting. And this is completely racist, but this is exactly what happened. Uh, <clears throat> two older Asian people mm. were trying to walk back down the hall. Yeah. And so I assume they were Ken's parents. <laughs> yes. And they're arguing with <laughs> one of the black bouncers. Yeah. In. Right. Asian And I said – and I go, Ken, I go, Ken, I think your parents are trying to come back to see you. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me? I go, I'm pretty sure your parents are coming back to see you. So he looks around the corner and he goes <laughs> – are <laughs> my fucking parents And I go really He goes Bert there's our, They're not even Korean And I went what and he goes They're Japanese He goes Who the fuck Do not know They're Japanese And I, my, I said to him I go It's not like They're raising, wearing Rising sun bandanas How the fuck Am I supposed to know And he goes They're not even saying They're, they're fucking Screaming in Japanese And I go Well what are they saying And he goes <laughs> He goes I don't know I go what do you mean And he goes I don't know And I go Well kind of Like what are they saying Like do you understand Some of the words He goes I don't understand Any of the fucking words Because it's a totally Different language." language like, i wish i was there oh i was like what do you mean <laughs> I wish and he, goes, I was there. he was like japanese and korean you can't understand different languages and i'm yeah. like shut the fuck up i go like none <laughs> of the words and he goes none of them so i went on stage at night and the joke i told was <laughs> was did you know that japanese people cannot understand chinese people at all <laughs> And fucking the, half of the crowd was like, "Shut the fuck, fuck up. up. And then I'm like, "I know." I thought it was a little bit like a Pantalone, it's Pantalone, <laughs> or like New York and Boston, like, "Hey, pack ahead, go fuck yourself!" Like, and so I was blown away. And from that day, I was yeah. like, "Wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start asking questions." Yeah, because I I'm like, you know, it's like the it's you know, and now now what has happened to me is is um, I took Leanne to go have pho the first yeah for the first Leanne's my wife and I took her to go have fun. But did I, she like it? Here's what happened. So, so T- Tom hopefully he comes over. You'll love Tom. He he looks like Al Madrigal. He looks like an Asian Al Madrigal. <laughs> what? I know. I introduced him to Al, and I, <laughs> That's go, funny. I go, "You guys are like twins." And Al goes, "Cause we're brown." And yeah. I go, uh, "You're brown. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not brown." <laughs> and so, but Tom, <laughs> th- but I think he looks like Al Madrigal. But so, um, so, uh, so Tom, like you go to their house and they cook. She is. Chi- she is chinese but grew up in vietnam his wife mm-hmm. and tom is straight up vietnamese right but they their kitchen is like it's all super like they shop at the asian market right they like they're still very much like you go to their house and they made some rice uh soup that's yeah. like comfort food for when you're sick as a kid right right and they made that for me and liang because we were hungover. Um, Leanne and I were, like, so nervous. We're, like, what do we – like, there's bones in it. What do we – like, yeah. it was – and then Tom goes everywhere to eat. So I was, like uh, – the other day, Leanne and I were at Costco, and I go, fuck it. Let's get adventurous. Leanne's a redneck. I mean, yeah. she grew up in a town of 1,200 people on our marriage license in her hometown. The third question was, are you blood relatives? I swear to God. Wait, wait, where is it? Where is she? It's Georgia. Okay. A really small town in Georgia. and uh, And it's – I mean – She's straight up redneck. So I said, "Where well, we got out of Costco? I go, Let's go yeah. have pho. And she goes, "I don't even know what that is." Right. I go to Vietnamese soup, which really <laughs> right. fucking good. Right. And she goes, "Well," I, and I watched her shut down. Yeah. I, I watched her panic. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, I like I don't maybe in, I her, won't get- in her in her defense
1: I, if I grow up in that situation, I'll be freaked out by Asian food too. Yeah. You know, but um, the key is you probably don't want to show that front of your kids because your kids. Are not only going to compete with the other white kids, but the kids from Asia too. Yeah. You know, you want to prepare them, so you want to minimize that as parents. But I don't yeah. think she, I don't think she need to like them. But you want to open all possibility for your kids. Yes, and it, so and mm. so I
0: told her I said it's just me and her and I go. <laughs> yeah. I go let's go get it. I go just Yelp a pho restaurant. She goes there's a great one. It's like Pho 911. Or yeah. It's right up here. It's it's a very popular one by a big Vietnamese restaurant. Okay. Uh, supermarket. So we go in. And I'm excited because I love it. Yeah. So I'm like, I know exactly what I want. Yeah. And the menu is fucking huge. huge. And it's like nothing makes sense. Foo, fa, Tom, 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 fu. yeah, yeah. and yeah. And then and it's all numbers. And, yeah. and it's like tripe and, and, and fatty and flank. And yeah. it's real confusing. And I'm like, ooh, I want to get in the ang-. I watch her shut down and she's nervous and she's angry at me for taking her. Because yeah. she doesn't know what to order. And she doesn't know what she's going to like. Yeah. She's afraid she won't like it. And I can see her melting down. So, uh, so by eventually you got to order. So then I, I go, look, she, I, 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 she goes, slow down. And I go, listen, calm down. This is meant to be fun. Yeah. Like this is, we're going to have a good time. We're going to enjoy this. Yeah. And I said, I will get you. I will make sure. So the guy comes over and I very candidly take the, I go, listen, I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. And I go, She has never had, f- ever in her life, can you help her with yeah. what she wants? And the guy goes, sure. What do you like? Tell me what you want. And she kind of says, and then he walks her through it. We order, She he shows her how to make it, yeah. and we f- she loved it. Yeah. She was like fucking through the roof. She got in the car charged like she was a brand new person. Yeah, And I was like, that's what the majority of Americans don't eat ethnic food yeah. because they're afraid they're going to – like how recently until like salsa took over as the number one condiment, now everyone loves Mexican yeah. food. And that's what we call – that Mexican food is pretty much American food these days. Yes. I mean so it's like a lot of people are terrified to have different cultures' food because they don't know what to order. I mean
1: I am I'm shocked coming here first time to visit the United States in 1979. And the reaction I, I heard from others about sushi, they were just grossed out. Yeah, And like now it's – I can't even believe that was the issue even back then because oh. it's such a like – if you're in show business, you go on uh, Ventura Boulevard, there's just so many sushi places that people go there for business meetings now. You know. Oh,
0: sushi is – sushi is LA's healthy lunch. I mean sushi is – I. I I've, I've, I, Leanne doesn't eat sushi either. Mm-hmm. But she, because but she's a redneck and they burn their meat. Like, that's yeah. how... Like, she doesn't now. Yeah. Now she'll go and she'll have sashimi. She says she doesn't... It. it creeps her out with the rice and seaweed. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't like seaweed. But, like, but like the whole thing... How about together. your kids? My kids fucking love it. Yeah. My daughter, Georgia, was so proud she had sushi one time with me. And she was like, Daddy, can we tell Isla I had sushi? Yeah. This is Isla. Isla's a flirt. She's coming back to see what we're doing. Um, so that's great because then, then the, your kids will
1: become even more cosmopolitan than you two could ever oh, imagine, yeah. you know. And um, that's what I love about LA. I just like the collision of different cultures, you know. Yeah. I, I, that's why I love traveling overseas because I never have fear of going anywhere.
0: But you were telling me right before we started, yeah. I was like, you're like, I'm going to Afghanistan. I was like, what for? And you're like, vacation.
1: Yeah. I have friends there. My, my So I went last September for like eight days, eight, nine days. So I flew into Dubai, met a couple of my friends there, first first time there. And are uh, these all
0: people you know through Russell too?
1: This these I met through Jim Norton's manager, Jonathan Branstein. And this
0: That's <laughs> George. George is a flirt too. Jonathan
1: Branstein is Jim Norton's manager, Pat- yeah. f- formerly on you know Patrice yeah. O'Neill's manager. You know Patrice? Very well. Well, pretty good. Yeah. And uh, very sad he passed away and the last time I saw him he got a big argument. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was telling me uh, for two hours how much he hated Asian people. <laughs> and after two hours, like, I, I hate the Asian people now, too, you know, because it's so funny and persuasive.
0: The last time, one of the, one of the well, I mean, one time I let, we we were working together, and this is not a long, this is a long time ago in Scotland, and I was like, I was, well, I was leaving, so I wanted yeah. to do to start a TV show. And I was like, Patrice, man, I'm glad we hung out, because, you know, it's like cool that we're friends now. And he's yeah. Like, I'm not your friend. Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. You can't say that. And he's like, I'm not your friend. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, We're not friends. Like you think I can spend the night at your parents' house? And I'm just imagine Patrice spending the night at my parents' house. I'm yeah. like, no, you can't. <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah, we're not friends. We're people who work together and know each yeah. other and don't mind working with yeah. each other. We're not like buddies. And I was like, But that was him. He was he was confrontational.
1: A, a confrontational because confront this is the reason why it's so different from Japanese. Japanese are non-confrontational, but I do respect black people because they're so honest. Even at a point like, I don't, you know, it's it's very uncomfortable. But they're so black people are very honest. Yeah, very
0: honest. Black women are the most honest fucking type of human in the world.
1: And I think only way you could really get truth a lot of time in life is being confrontational because truth is very uncomfortable. That's why people get upset at comedians because we say things that like obviously true, but people don't talk about it. Yeah, and then they get mad at you. But uh, that patrice was one of the most honest person whether you. you want to go
0: walk back and watch that wu-tang clan tour through asia <laughs> like because yes. these are the fucking nine of the most confrontational men that have yeah been the fucking but those art. guys
1: who respect asian like martial art stuff too you yeah, know they
0: love it did you see uh the rizza has a new movie the man with the iron fist i didn't
1: i didn't see it but he was over at the warehouse where i do my dvd because yeah. he and david Cho did artwork really yeah um so yeah, we get interesting people there.
0: I need to fucking research more David Cho. This guy's it's great. Um, I
1: have a love-hate relationship with him because I'm older than him, and I don't like him. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm kind of conservative. I don't like any younger Asian person talking back to me, <laughs> even though even though they're telling me the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so. So I told him like I got mad at him one time. I, I told him like I wish we get in car accident, we both die. But I just want to make sure I live five seconds longer than him, so I know he died before me. You know, it was like. But the guy, the but the, the the Dave is a genius. I, I'm yeah. not kidding. I mean, because everything he touched he turned it into gold. You know, yeah. and um, I, I'm I'm just stunned by a kid like that. So it's not surprising him Asakira. How old is he? 34 35 okay i can take that dave asakira porn star eddie eddie uh i can't say his last name which is funny Juan. i mean one and like uh your friend um roy roy they all know each other and um it's because they really are pioneers they're really changing you know because but there one, aren't that many white kids doing it like it seems but like you, you guys done enough in past you know what so i mean it's time like, for
0: us just to ride the coattails and enjoy the culture. To no, come. no,
1: I, I think <laughs> it's really hard for white kids to say I'm proud of being who I am because it, yeah, you it know, sounds racist. Yeah, but they said. should be proud. If you do something yeah. with, uh, on your own, you should be proud of something with of your ethnic background because in people in past accomplish, you know, yeah, that kind of you shouldn't. That's not a good. Proud in yourself, you got to do whatever you, you did with, on your yeah. own, you know, but I think I think white kids get bad rap. I yeah. really do.
0: There's, I think there's a lot of well-intentioned white kids, and sometimes yeah. they try to connect. And because I don't,
1: I, I don't even like calling myself Asian American. I don't like the hyphenated shit, yeah. you know, because I think that's the next phase that America. I have to change. Um, you or a uh, uh, Patrice, whatever the difference we might have, like Patrice, Patrice loves football, and that's one big thing that I I, I could connect with him more yeah. than some Asian kid in Asia doesn't know anything about NFL, you know? Yeah. So. That's what I want America to go next. Just cool ourselves, America, and none of that hyphenated shit. What was
0: worse? What was bullying? Was worse the bullying you got in Japan or when you first got to America?
1: Oh, in Japan for sure. Really? The kids they don't even know what they're doing over here when it comes to that. The yeah. Japanese take it to another level. Really? It's very f- physically and emotionally cruel. Really? Yeah. I mean, um, I I ended it big. I ended it because when I was walking home, crying again because I got beat up again, second grade or something. The Yakuza guys, I'm getting tired of you hearing, crying all the time. Unless you do something about it, I'm going to kill you. Some grown-ass man said that to me when I was a kid. And it, it terrified me because the way he said it, it's almost like a growl of an animal. Because yep. the yakuzas I mean, there's a pretty good percentage of sociopath, you know. <laughs> so my choice was either I do something about it, not cry, or this guy was literally going to kill me. So um, I got an umbrella in. I put a bunch of heavy metal pieces inside, taped it up. I had it with me. I think within a day or two, when I went to school, I got chased up by kids again. And um, the yakuza guy said, "You can't beat up four or five kids, but you just have to beat one kid really bad enough. It'll stop." It's true. I put I beat that kid up so bad that um, put him in the hospital. Really, and it, uh, then it stopped. It never happened again. Really. But, like, why do I have to resolve the violence to stop it? You yeah, know? why couldn't...
0: Yeah, why, why wouldn't there be a parent step they in? They won't get involved. Really?
1: They're, no, they just... It's, it's. See, these are the weird things that I don't know. Yeah. Like, Japanese are most polite. Even their language is very polite. Like, sumimasen, is, I'm sorry. So, you, if you bump into somebody, you say, sumimasen. If you want to ask for a glass of water from a waitress, you say, sumimasen. So, it's, it's, it's sorry, sorry, sorry. But, this is where the Chinese and Korean and Vietnamese people get mad. Like... How come when Japanese na- rape of Nanking, where the city of the whole city of Nanking was literally raped by a Japanese army, the women were raped and murdered? Why can't they say sorry to that? Like, <laughs> you, could, you could bump into somebody, you yeah. could say sorry, but you can't re- apologize for massive rape and genocide?
0: <laughs> no, you can't, yeah. It's, it's really weird. It's like, like it's like, uh, it's so interesting too, because Korean is such a, and this, I don't mean this racist, I'm just telling you what I heard. Korean is a very rude language, and like when when you when you well, like it's I very that. it's lot louder than Japanese. Yeah, so it's so rude's like, the wrong one. It's very it's very rude's the wrong word. It's very like confrontational. Like we went to eat with Roy and his wife, my wife and I. We went yeah. to a Korean barbecue and the Korean barbecue in Koreatown, where they had to order in Korean. No one yeah. spoke English. There weren't even white people in there. We were yeah. the only white people in there. And uh, and I, I don't want to do this. I do not want to do the stereotypical. I won't. I'll just say it is what it, it sounded it was, like. It was just loud. He was no, – this is what it sounded like. When she came up to order, order and she, she'd be like, this is what she sounded like. What the fuck do you guys want? And he'd be like, fuck you, bitch. Go get some fucking food now. And, yeah. then, and then she'd <laughs> walk away. And he'd go, yeah, it, it should be here in a second. And,
1: and you know what's funny? Especially in Chinese, it's a very tonal. Like when you say ma, it could mean like eight to nine different meaning. Even I can't tell like one means cow, one means yeah. – you know. So with those languages, it's louder so it's really strange because, to me, if I didn't speak the language, you're a hundred percent accurate because it's yeah. so loud. Yeah, it sounds like it's confrontational. Yeah, but it's not. It's like, hey, may I help you? You know, I hope you're, you're having a good day. They're yeah. saying like that, but just like fucking loud. Whereas Japanese, is it's lower and polite. But anyone who studied history in the last hundred years, Japan has committed. I, I I do a joke where, Japanese. Are the Nazis of Asia? Yeah, because of what they did during World War Two, uh-huh. because they fucking hate the Jews. Now uh, <laughs> it's a joke, but but I mean, wherever they go, Asian people are upset with Japanese. And I think it's it's not young people because young people love um, Japanese anime and shit like that, you know. Yeah. But I think if you don't acknowledge what you did in the past and apologize for it yeah. then people are going to angry because one they're hurt and two they're worried they might do that shit again. Yeah. America, you know, with even with our racial problem, we we did a wonderful job talking about it, you know, cuz in Japan they don't like being accused of being racist. Well, one explanation is if you're typical Japanese person living in an area with no foreigners, they're going to say, "I'm not a racist. You're you're not racist because you never deal with any other races." Yeah. See? It's so just- they, so they're true uh, they're right in that What I don't like, they're implying that since I'm Japanese, it's not possible that could race it that's fucking bullshit anyone could be racist believe me black people could be racist asian people could be racist latinos you know what i mean the only difference is historically white people have more power so when they're racist they could hurt more people but this bullshit about only white people racist that is fucking ridiculous yeah that is such a bullshit you know
0: it's 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 the same thing and i and i it's this is obviously a conversation i had we patrice and i had with some british people they were like (coughs) they were watching our stand-up and they're like you guys are obsessed with this is not scotland yeah. they're like you guys are obsessed with racism yeah you get like uh, people in britain thought we were obsessed with it and i was and i was trying to defend it because I, we were both doing it and then patrice was like no we just we just have to talk about it yeah because we have all of us living together yeah like we have black people and white people and we're all yeah. like we're at a different place we've had a different history than you so you got to understand that yeah. we're not obsessed about it that's our life that's yeah. what we do and it was but it's but it's true it's like you can't say you're not racist if you're the only people there. Yeah, because like,
1: you never deal with it. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because this social experiment we call America is incredibly unique and great because – it's kinda of like an when you talk to them, ninety to ninety five percent of economists agree on principle economics. It's only when the five or ten percent when they don't agree it makes news. But we only make news in this country whenever there's some horrible racial incident. Yeah. But vast majority of time people get along.
0: All the time.
1: All the time. And if they don't like somebody, they just don't deal with them or yep. they don't hang out. You don't like gay people? Don't hang out. You don't like black and Asian people, don't hang out. Yeah. But for this country it, it it really do a very very good job, and we don't give enough credit. And I only say that because I go overseas where there is some real serious racism. Is not even a problem like ethnic cleansing and uh, where they're deliberately trying to kill massive people. Race, yeah, yeah. I mean. You think racism problem? It's just a joke compared to overseas. People just don't know any better. But
0: like when you see the stories about like uh, like Hotel Rwanda, where the the boots yeah genocide in Central yeah, the Africa, and it's just like they're killing every I guess they were killing light skinned black people. Yeah, there's there's
1: just they different like Tutsi and the Hutus. Tutsi and the Hutus, and it was yeah. like the trees it sounds like a musical band. But anyway, uh. <laughs> but you know it, it, it's sad because.
0: The <laughs> joke probably oh. wouldn't have worked in the in Hotel Rwanda. No, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, What's all this about? Is there some music?
1: Tootsie sounds like black candy or something. It's you know.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> the best would be if. Oh fuck! What's the joke? All I'm thinking is Dustin Hoffman's Tootsie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the joke, but that's all I can think of. It it, it just. I, I
1: love living here, and yeah. I love my – that's why um, I, I got to know Dave because I love Dave's travel show that he did for Vice. I love your travel shows. I highly recommend more Americans to go overseas. Yeah. Now, if you never travel overseas, like your wife, she was afraid to do Asian stuff. Okay, just go overseas first. Go England. They yeah. speak your language. Go Australia, New Zealand. Once you feel comfortable, go rest of the uh, world. Go to Europe. And after that, you <laughs> go to – Latin America, Africa. I I, I think it's a really important Americans go overseas. You I agree. Know?
0: I agree hundred percent. And I think that uh, <clears throat> I mean I, I think that I've definitely I've I've grown tremendously as an adult mm-hmm. tr- from working with Travel Channel. Like just my perspective, my view of life. My you're great on culture. it. Culture. Oh, thank you very much.
1: On I, 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 Joe Rogan's thing. I, I think I I might have been Joe Rogan thing. It might have been Joey Diaz. One of those guys. <laughs> one of those guys. I Georgia, said. Beat it. <coughs> I told them, you know, recently Dennis raman went to North Korea. I I told him this while ago. Bert should go to North Korea and run Ministry of Fun, because oh God, you out of all the comedians, like you seem so com- because a lot of the communions tend to be shy and they, oh, yeah. they they're not comfortable around people. So this, I'm I'm for sure one of those guys, but you're just a fun guy. I don't even if he didn't do comedy, you'd have been fun guy no matter what. Yeah, I think I think hundred percent right. guarantee. You're one of those guys, and you'd be great going to North Korea because that place is anti fun, anti funny, and <laughs> it's just like the worst of the worst place, man. It's That's just a
0: great movie script. Just a, like, it's almost like a King Ralph. With do you ever see that with John Goodman? No. Because I just I get I get stuck in North Korea and I turn them around. Yeah. And it's just and we can get Doctor Ken to play uh, King Jong Un.
1: You should you should you and like you, seriously, you should pitch that to like Vice. You and Doctor Ken or something. There was a there was a s- semi-documentary movie called Red Chapel, two Korean adopted Danish kids. And this guy...
0: Korean adopted Danish kids.
1: Who don't speak any uh, any Korean. They speak only English and Danish with this documentary guy. Pretend like they're a culture exchange. But they went there. They, they did this comedy show in North Korea. And they filmed everything. It's scary because if, if they got caught on like... They are going to make fun of them. They would have gotten executed for sure. It's called Red Chapel. I highly recommend It's It's crazy. They did literally walked through Red Square with the whole North Korean army, man. Um... So I think I think you <laughs> and Doctor Kim, Bobby Lee, and Margaret Cho. Yeah, that would be a great uh, some vice, but not like a joke. Just literally going like a culture exchange. I think that'd be good.
0: Yeah, I would love to get up on the bar, rip my shirt off, and start doing shots. <laughs> yeah. Now wait, now I've just, um, I've like um, there's you're making me think about a million fucking things. Yeah. Now when you see a guy, yeah, like when you, who, yeah, and I, I'm going to say this guy because he's. He's uh, okay. Let's not use him. well Let's just use him. Steve Burns, my friend. But yeah. when you see someone like Steve Burns, who is who is so nice, nicest funny. guy in the world. But he's like half white, half Asian. Yeah, and he seems to assimilate super easy. Yeah, marries a white chick. Yeah, like it's like almost isn't isn't as Asian as you. Does yeah, that make sense. Yes, is that is that. A, but like, does there do you do you see that as like fuck? I I wish I could fit in that easily. Or do you do you not even notice it? And you go, he's just a nice guy. <laughs> Um, like you and I, because I, I, David I, 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 and Roy I, 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 seem I, I, to be seem to have come at least from the outside in. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah. And Steve seemed to play hockey, like B. Yeah. He was born into the inside because he had his last name I, I, Irish. I, I,
1: I, don't, I don't know what Steve's
0: his, hearing this right now, and he's like, fuck off, Bert. But he's my friend, so I can talk like
1: that. I don't, I don't know his background because I don't want to say it was easier for him because you never know. Maybe he wasn't accepted by Asian group and white group. Oh, yeah, it group. wasn't
0: easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It wasn't he was up in easy. fucking Pittsburgh.
1: And, and then um, it, it might have been hard for him too. I don't want to say that. But um, I, I will say one thing that's really interesting to me when, when I, hear, I, I I see Asian kids who are adopted by white folks yeah. and uh Asian kids who are half and stuff it, it doesn't make me laugh when they say they're very proud of your heritage yeah but the thing is if you're going to be proud of your heritage, you have to know something about it. I don't know how yeah. knowledgeable they are because yeah. if there are. I'm very conflicted because there's things I, about Asian coach I like, but there's the things that, like I really find it like uh, reprehensible and it makes me angry. Yeah. I'm very conflicted about it because there's things that I don't like about America, but there's so much more that I love. But it's, it's, I got, I don't want to like, put that ugly side outside you know i gotta accept the whole thing like you love your kids but there's yeah. gotta be things that know they oh, annoy you right yeah yeah you're not gonna stop loving them but you don't think they're 100 percent perfect you know yeah
0: yeah right no now now does mm-hmm. does uh uh japanese is your first language yes and then do you speak chinese too no or korean too i mean no
1: i i i, I understood it a little bit when i was a kid okay. but i f- forgot and I know when they're cussing at me. I know exactly what they're saying because <laughs> I get yelled at by my family all the time. But yeah. um oh wait, well,
0: your family spoke Korean. <clears throat>
1: my mother side sp- <clears throat> obviously uh, spoke Korean and Korean. English, and my father side, Japan spoke um,
0: pretty decent Korean, Japanese, and no English. So now you co- when you come to the country, um, what? When did you realize you were funny? I still don't know. <laughs> Because I watch you and like you how relaxed on
1: stage and stuff, you know, because I get laughed mostly because I do some, something socially retarded. <laughs> and I didn't even know I was doing something wrong and they get mad at me, you know, like Russell and Jim and Attil think that's the funny thing. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm very malicious to people that I hate. I'm very malicious and victim. <laughs> really? I, yes, for sure.
0: Are you serious? Yes. God, I, I don't even see that
1: part of your personality. I'm very vindictive malicious because um, <clears throat> I don't want to get too detailed because I talk, I, I talk about this shit uh, over and over again on yeah. all the podcasts, but my dad died in a weird circumstance. They made, I think they made it look like a suicide, but I think my dad was murdered, and my stepmother had something to do with it. So 10 years ago this summer, I flew back to Japan. I, I literally almost beat her to death. That's why I can't go back to Japan. And I assaulted right. her um, sister, brother-in-law, and nephew. And um, she was in the hospital for like two, three months. I, I think another minute or so I probably killed her. So I, I got back. I can't go. I, I could go back to Japan. I just won't able to get out. Probably I might get arrested. But yeah. um, I deal with problems like that. I don't want to. Yeah. You know. But um, I talked about it a lot in Rogan and Ari Shafir's podcast and stuff. So you, yeah, it's, it's, it's been said to them. <laughs> but I don't. I don't like. I don't like threatening people because where I grew up. Only women do that kind of stuff. That's why Japanese people bomb Pearl Harbor. They don't. They didn't say if you don't do this, we're going to bomb. They Those just, old school people just hurt you, because that's how they do it. They don't. They don't like threaten people.
0: I'm dying to see that new movie, by the way, called The Emperor. Oh yeah. Yeah, where they it's all about whether or not the emperor ordered the attack on on Pearl Harbor.
1: Christian Bale, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, no is, it, is it Christian Bale or is it Ethan Hawke or? Oh, someone like minute. that. It's it's someone like that. I somebody somebody
1: big is attorney. Oh
0: no no no! It's uh Matt uh Matthew Fox. Oh
1: that's, that's right. right that's right that's right. He's the attorney defending the emperor. It, it looks it looks great. Um, I want to say that. It's always funny with my. So for me, Asian Asian guys get angry yeah. whenever they see the white guy in the movie always dating the Asian women. <laughs> really. Because in every movie in America where Asian got dominant, like Jackie Chan or Jet Li, they never get the girl. They never get the white girl. It's yeah. a, you know, what I mean? it's always the white guy get the Asian girls, or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, and and like and like uh, you're right. And Owen Owen Wilson. Yeah, got the. It, I don't, gets the I, Asian I, don't I don't, I don't care
1: because yeah. I don't really give a shit because I, I, because, Asian women, makes me very angry. Yeah. So. Um, I don't give a fuck about that, but my friend said, I don't really give a shit. But that's, that's a really funny stereotype. I don't know what it is. A Jewish guys, a lot of them marry, if they marry outside of their race, it's Asian women. Really? Mark Zuckerberg married a Chinese American girl. Really? And I've I think, never, I think never, because Asian mothers are naggers like Jewish
0: moms. Really? I don't know. I, know. I know so little. I never even, and they're both I've, greedy. I've never even kissed an Asian chick. Yeah. Really? And no, yeah. I didn't have them growing up. You oh, that's right. Um, Tampa
1: Bay. Yeah, there was, yeah. No,
0: there was no. Sam Ho had a sister, Rhonda Ho, who. uh <laughs> her name. So I was always Rondo. fascinated. Rondo. I was <laughs> fascinated when, I go, when I'm on stage and I meet a, a Chinese yeah. woman and she's like, yeah, my name's Jennifer. And I'm like, there's no way your parents gave you that. Yeah. And they're like, well, I have a Chinese name, and I pick, I got to pick my own. Yeah. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Why did you choose Jennifer? I guess you want to assimilate. Yeah. But but Ronda Ho and Sam Ho, and Ronda wasn't the looker. She was like, well, she wore she wore some awful glasses. Poor Ronda. Ronda, if you're listening to this, and you're like, I remember Bert. I wonder what he's talking about. And she's like, <laughs> me? Fuck you, asshole! It was really hard growing up in the only Asian family in Tampa. But like, I didn't ever know any Asian women. Yeah. My whole life, my whole. I mean, I I knew girls that were like. Uh, uh, like, I knew girls that were kind of maybe mm-hmm. a little Asian, but not very. like yeah. But that's it. And then I never did it. an Asian show. I never even kissed an Asian chick.
1: Mm. Oh, uh, going back with Jonathan Branson, Jim Norton's manager, he's yeah. the one who opened me up with his f- very famous and rich, powerful people in Middle East. And my friend Sam Hosseini runs every media company in Afghanistan. So I went last September and... I could literally walk around no problem because there's an ethnic group called Hazaras. They look Asian like me. Yeah. So if I dress down and put dirt on my face, I look like one of them. Really? So I fit it in. But if you walked around, you might get kidnapped. That's the yeah, yeah, If yeah, you're yeah, a white yeah. guy, you might get kidnapped.
0: Yeah, that's what you were saying. You were going to vacation in Afghanistan. I was like, what the fuck?
1: So I went and... The kids were wonderful Like the, like these kids had so little But they were offering me candies and stuff When I went to soccer matches and stuff They're just wonderful people Unfortunate history and ge- geography I'm going back because I'm working on a couple projects uh, Called um, uh, .org, Where we're trying to raise $3 million To send Afghani girls to college and universities So I'm going back Because I have a connection with show business I'm trying to bring famous people Get involved and do events and raise money and things like that. So I'm going to go back because I, I do believe no matter how much you want to fucked up when we go overseas, America is the only country with a good intention. And we we're trying to help people there. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who like Americans. It's just the bad people are trying to fuck it up for everyone. And my friend Saad told me only 25 to 50,000 people are a member of Taliban of a country of 40 million. Basically for 50,000 people are fucking up the whole country.
0: That's fucking crazy. And like people, the
1: clan. yeah, but they have fucking guns and you know, yeah. ammo, and then they're fucking, I don't know, for everyone, but people are wonderful there. And that's the thing I noticed whether I go to Turkey or all over Asia or Europe, Latin America, people are nice. You just have to spend time and not to quickly judge someone, yeah. and um. Don't be afraid when you try food. Don't be afraid when you try foreign movies. Don't be afraid when you go overseas. Oh,
0: this show I'm doing now, Trip Flip, is has been has gotten me out of my box with with. And uh, you with you me. are the great ambassador for the world, Kurt. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, 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 that I, I, that means a lot to me. That means a lot hearing it from you because I think you've. Where's one place you would love to go that you haven't been? Ooh, right now I would like to go. I'll tell you my two favorite places in the world right yeah, now. Yeah, let's talk about my that. My two favorite places in the world, Jamaica and Australia. Oh, I've been to those places. Oh, I fucking love Jamaica. I love Jamaica like I could move there. And, I, and Australia might be the best place I've ever been in my entire life. Did you go there for comedy? No, for the t- 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 TV show. You definitely have to go for
1: comedy. Do I know, I want it, to
0: go to comedy to do – have you done the Australian I, – I went with
1: Russell Peters in 2006. God damn. How would you meet Russell? I went to Montreal in 2003 and – my friend, Ty, Ty Barnet who came second place in last Comic Vegas, he said, why don't you come up? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out for a week. So, okay. I flew up. And I, I was in Montreal. I was a little nervous because I heard everybody speak French. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked out of a hotel with it, like an hour after landing. I see this brown guy walking out of a hotel room too. And I figure he have to be speaking English. So I start talking to him. <laughs> and it was Russell, right? So we start talking. I didn't even know he was a comic, right? Yeah. But we banned bow- it because as soon as he found out about porn, we started talking about porn. Oh, yeah, right? He
0: dated he dated
1: uh, who's Sunny Leone. Sunny Leone, oh, you biggest wanna... star in India right now, one of the biggest star. Really? She 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 she's, she's doing more Bollywood stuff now. Really? Yeah, she's a huge star. She does. It's not even porn. She's a serious actress in India, Bollywood movie star, and Fuck. she's beautiful and very friendly. But she's from Orange County. I wonder Punjabi if happened girl. to the
0: other. There's another Asian uh, Indian porn star. That I met with my buddy Cowhead, and she, but I, she was, she was a mess. But but uh, Russell was dating a chick. Me and him and Tom Segura were doing a Pearl Harbor together. Yeah, interestingly. Wow, way. why do you yeah. hurt me? Hurt. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. We are at our wives and our chicks there, and yeah. Russell's brothers there, Clayton. Yeah, and we're all having drinks. And I go, I go, hey, have you guys? And of course, this is so me. This is the white. This is what white people do. This yeah. is a white move yeah. right now. Not every white guy, but just drunk white guys. <laughs> yeah. When whenever you're hanging out with anyone of any different culture, you like to think of all the things you know about that culture. Yeah. And then throw them at them and go. Have you ever yeah. seen this? Did you ever see this? Yeah. Hey, have you ever seen the movie Belly? Do you like Method Man? Yeah. Do you know that Dmx's real name's Earl? Oh my God. So I'm doing that to Russell. I'm like, have you ever seen that porn star that's Indian? And and she did one of the vivid things with us. Right. She did one of the vivid comedy nights. And she was gorgeous. Yes. Gorgeous. And Russell starts like going, yeah. And Clayton, his eyes shut. He's laughing so hard. Yeah. And I go, what? And I go, have you seen her? Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't know her name. Her name is, and Russell's girlfriend goes, Sunny. And I go, yo, you know her. You know who she is? And, And Russell goes, I dated her. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was my, ex- she's my ex girlfriend. Yeah, like, and the gr- and his girlfriend Kimberly got up and walked out. Oh no! <laughs> and fucking Topsicker and I were like, roll. So yeah, she's uh. So then that's how you met Russell,
1: from Montreal. Russell's yeah. one of the nicest fucking dudes. nicest too. guy. Um, I would have been in trouble last year if he didn't help me. He he he's been helping me all these years. Like every th- he bought my car. And when it breaks down, he pays for it. When I had a root canal problem, he paid for it. Really? He doesn't even ask like, "What's what's the problem? You, everything's okay." I don't. He just asked me if there's problem, and um, he take care of everything. He's a fucking great guy. I mean, he does all this kind of. Sh- when I first hanging out with him, I we were at the gas station this black guy asked him hey man I'm in trouble can you help me and he gave him $50 to him yeah. and I thought this guy is a fucking communist I mean why, well, why do you give money away like I, that made me angry why would you waste money on somebody you don't know why don't you waste it on your friend or whatever yeah. but, but he's generous like that he's very generous there's yeah. so many other things that people don't know where he go out of his way to, like somebody got hurt he'll take care of it somebody die you know he because he remember what it is to not to have money.
0: Uh, he, Patrice and I met him together in, yeah. in Scotland, yeah. and he was hustling. Man, he was yeah. every every fucking day. He was out on the streets yeah. handing out postcards and giving his card, yeah. trying to get people to shows. And his show got successful, and it was like he was the end. You know, I don't think I've ever paid for a meal around him. No, he won't th- let you. I don't think I've ever paid for a fucking thing around him. And he's the kind of guy that gets presents for people. Yeah. He's like, you know who else <laughs> is like that? I, I, yeah. The, the people are like Pablo Francisco's like that. Yeah. He buys presents for people all the time. Dave Attell always. Dave like, Attell.
1: You know, he's, he's been like stressed out the last couple uh, like weeks, I think, because he's trying to help Ron Jeremy. He had a heart attack, you know. Oh, really? Dave, Dave's like that too. Just very generous and uh Dave's one of those guys that he cares too much about other people's feelings. He should start thinking about his happiness
0: too. You know, he he he, he, he just so.
1: cares about everyone. You know,
0: there's uh, like it's always fun. Get out of here, Chris. <laughs> it's always fun when you see like when you have a good funny a tell story. Yeah. But my f- like my favorite to tell stories are like uh, like my favorite to tell story and this is because it for me it makes me go oh, I gotta I need to reassess. I need to reassess parts of my personality and understand what maybe a second out of my time means to people. I was in, I was doing Gotham and, uh, and I, and I was just, you know, for the weekend and I get off stage and, um, whoever I was working with, I forget who I was working with was like, dude, Attell was here. Yeah. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, Attell was here. He was watching you. I go, is he still here? And they're like, no, he left. And I was like, fuck. And in my head, you then start, you know, you get into a little conversation in your head about, about whatever. (laughs) And so I go back to the sound booth, and uh, the guy running the sound booth goes, Attell was here. And I said, yeah, I know. I heard. And he goes, he said uh, – he said, you know, f- he was back here. He was laughing at a bunch of jokes, and he told me to tell you that he had to take off, but he wanted to say hi and, and that uh, that you'd, you were really funny. And I was yeah. like, motherfucker. You know, like yeah. he – he knows I maybe he doesn't know how relevant or how important he is to the average comic but like the fact that he told the sound guy to tell me yeah. he, that he thought I was that that it was good he wanted to come by and say hi but he had to run out yeah. to another spot like that second that he took meant actually meant the world I was like fucking hung my hat on it and I was yeah. like oh yeah I know Dave like it's he's the greatest guy in the fucking world
1: he's the greatest guy and his in is it interesting He he's so nice, and his jokes are like poetry. It's great, like you know. I just marvel his ability to write well. He's gotta be one of the greatest joke writer, but he's so hard on himself because you know how shitty I feel. Like, (laughs) oh, he goes, oh, those jokes didn't like my jokes. I bomb, whatever. And he thinks his jokes are terrible. Like, oh my god, I wish I could even write one hundredth of percent of what his stuff he writes. You know, me too. I wish. I wish. His standards are so high
0: yeah but and that's what makes that's what's you know that's like the, I remember watching dudes I don't know if I don't know who said this, but it was one of the one of the better comics I remember a dude coming off stage in New York out of stage and he was like man I fucking lit that room on fire and then walked a away and I remember I forget who it was it was it was one of ael Norton one of those yeah. dudes goes mm, wonder what fight he was watching Because yeah. they didn't they they if that had been them they yeah. would have been like i fucking bombed but some it's it's the the mark of a good comic is like I fucking destroyed yeah. versus a, a great comic goes eh, I could have I could do better. There's like when you hold yourself to a higher standard, I think you be you actually come closer to meeting that standard. Yeah. Whereas if you come off and you're like, there's a lot of dudes that are like mm, that was magic, and you're like that yeah, was kind of hacky.
1: I mean, if you play in NBA, you're a great professional player. You beat yeah. millions of people wrong, and just the fact that you made it in. They say you're great, but even that group, you have those four or five guys in top. Yeah, that you know, Kevin Durant and, and 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 um, and all those other great players, right? Uh, LeBron James and people like that. They're um, he, they're above and beyond even that those elite group. So I think I think we could both agree, like Attil, Louis C.K., Stanhope, and Stanhope, uh, Chris, Chris Roden, all those guys. They're yeah. just I I look up up look up to them, and not only are they not a snob but they're just down to earth guy and they're a comic and like you know especially someone like rock like he's a movie star and he does this but at the comedy center which is a very elite club in new york city you could literally talk to him he's really nice yeah i, mean, he, it,
0: I remember him hanging out at the comedy store one time i was back yeah in the green room and it was like the room was I swear to god it's roseanne Barr, yeah uh louis anderson uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Chris Rock, yeah. myself, like fucking, you know, like a bunch of younger comics. And and because you have that moniker of stand up comedian yeah. where you started in the trenches yeah. at open mics, yeah. just like he did, yeah. broke through the doors, passed clubs, started featuring, started headlining, got on T V, whatever whatever your path is. Yeah. But the fact that you started yeah. in standup, he respects that and you were then his equal. Yeah. And that that is a fucking big like that's I don't know I, the the
1: when you know. I when I was in comedy magic club one time Gary Shanley was there yeah and I was shocked I'm like I'm a big fan of his you know me too and I was all but for some reason we ended up talking about boxing I didn't know he was such a fan of boxing and he he practiced boxing too he trains and everything really? yeah and we were talking about Manny Pacquiao and and it was so fun to talk to him because at the end of the day. He even asked a couple of us in the room, like, you know, I did that joke. What do you guys think? What do you think? Of t-? Like, oh. It was, like, really nice. Like, who, who the fuck are we? We're just a bunch of nobody. And for him to talk to us yeah. in such a respectful way, he was funny and delightful and charming. And, like, it was – yeah, I, 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 I love meeting people like that, you know, yeah, that, that they're so amazing and good people.
0: The um, One of the things – I don't know what, what time is it. I have to go to my sister's for dinner. Okay, I got time. Um, but uh, I'll get you, I'll get you out of here soon. But no, one, no, no one, I don't. One, I one have of the time. things. One of the things I'm dying to talk to you about that is the hardest I've ever laughed was you on Tom Segura's podcast. Oh, really? The funniest. I've never laughed so hard. I can tell you where I was. I was in Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And I was on a treadmill. Yeah. And you told you told the story of you eating Joey's banana bread? Oh, yeah. I've never laughed so hard. And I'm not going to ask you to recreate it. I will simply say, if you're listening to this and you have not heard that story, go to that podcast. It was a great fucking podcast. And I was like, I've never laughed so hard. Because I've been there. I've been, like, as a, as a younger guy, yeah. I've definitely taken marijuana and lost yeah. my mind. and and But hearing that story, I empathize with you so hard. But it was such a funny story. Do you talk about that on stage at all?
1: A little bit here and there. Now that people are asking me about it, but yeah. it's it's not because I was at like a goody two-shoes, not into yeah. drugs. I was illegal alien for a long time, so I was so paranoid. If I get in trouble legally, they'll kick me out of the country. Yeah. And my family lied to me. They said, if I get by INS, they're not going to send me back to Japan. They're going to send you to North Korea because you're a horrible, horrible person. <laughs> Horrible person. They're not gonna take what it back.
0: Parenting is that you can't say that to a child.
1: They they said all kinds of crazy shit when I was a kid. Like my aunt said, like if you don't shut up, I'm gonna cut your nuts off. And I I I think I was like six or seven. That <laughs> that was really like when I heard like it really expanded my imagination to places I didn't want to go. Like <laughs> I didn't even know that's even possible even to do. Yeah. And like I got scared, you know, like because I think that, that like a little before I heard that. I got my dick cut in a zipper. Not, yeah. That was <laughs> horrific. It is. My aunt said be, because I was behaving so bad. Yeah. She said she's gonna cut my. In Japanese, to call balls is it's called uh, kintama. Tama. Yeah. It literally means golden balls, right? So like, <laughs> she's gonna cut my golden balls. I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah, my. Because my hometown in Osaka is considered like the Brooklyn of Japan. Yeah. People are so rude. They don't even say hello to you. They say Maka. Which literally means, did you make any money? They don't give a shit if you're doing well. They just want to know They just if you made money, if you didn't get out of here.
0: That's fucking awesome.
1: If oh. you go to Japan, you should go to Osaka because Tokyo is such a hacky place to go. Yeah. But Osaka is home of Yakuza, uh, great food, and all the great comedians come from Osaka. No,
0: wait. Have you ever thought about – have you ever thought – like because you write jokes in – English, but yeah. that's not your first language. Japanese. Do you do you dream in English or do you dream in Japanese? Half and a half at times. No. Do you think if you got on stage and spoke Japanese, no way, it won't work. What? Why? It won't work because the, the stuff that I find humorous, they will be
1: just horrified by it. Really? Yeah, because I do like nuclear bomb jokes and uh, tsunami <laughs> jokes and um, stuff that they don't want. They don't. They don't want to talk have those subject matters at all yeah that's why i think america's and west is far superior than east because they will go and find truth even if it made everyone uncomfortable
0: that's one of the things that i find beautiful about stand-up and beautiful and 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 now it's like now it's funny because people are getting in trouble for for taking chances in stand-up and i'm like that's the, i
1: hate the, it when that tosh got in trouble for that yeah.
0: that joke it's, it's the, bullshit. The, the, especially it's bullshit because he they he was taking did he, he really mean it? No. Yeah, it, oh, he definitely didn't mean it and he's actually said worse jokes that are even funnier. Yeah. But like, you know, what's bothers me so much is that it's you know the, the premise of stand-up comedy, the entire concept, yeah. the base concept is a human taking a chance to see if you will laugh. Yes. That is the premise. Yeah. If you take away that chance, then you'll just see humans doing things that you know you'll laugh at. Yeah. And that's not comedy anymore. That's just – it's like if I just walk up and I just – it would be a bunch of people smacking pies in their face. Yeah. And then everyone would go – and then it would stop stop being funny. So then no lo- there would be no comedy. If you don't allow people to take chances, yeah. there will be no comedy. The, I mean the funny – the biggest laughs I've ever gotten are when you – when you say it and you didn't realize you said it and it's out there and, and it's he, true and it's true and people can't believe you said it and yeah. it's fucking wild. I remember yeah. I was in, was that, were you, no, we were in the, I want to say it was maybe the Jameson comedy tour in Chicago and there was a, there was a black dude on stage, or a black dude in the audience. His name mm-hmm. was, oh, his name was uh, Romeo, oh, fuck, it was like Romeo Prince. Is he a comic? No, he's a, he's a, Photography takes oh, pictures, okay. And he was wearing a gold dashiki, yeah, with gold pants, yeah, and and gold shoes, yeah, gold. He's gold, and there's purple lace in it, okay. He's gold dashiki with purple, <laughs> right? lace. Gold pants with purple lace <laughs> and gold slippers, like with purple.
1: Isn't it funny that Dick would pull that off? But
0: when you and I dressed, black, it men, ridiculous. black men have changed fashion, yeah. entirely. I now am very conscious if my shirt matches my shoes if i'm wearing sneakers oh really yeah i don't even just throw on sneakers and throw on a shirt like if i throw on sneakers i'm like well maybe blue sneakers i need to wear something that complements my black men have changed the way we dress yeah it is black culture is 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 overwhelming when it comes to style and 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 fashion and uh and almost enjoyment anything fun yeah you almost draw everything i have fun I, I love hip-hop and fucking the way i the kind of car i drive
1: i think i was prejudiced against him that dressing down like i don't understand why would you dress like that but i learned through russell peters and yeah. there's no one that i know of know more about black culture than, than russell. russell and he probably know more than bl- average black person and yeah. he loves black people you know yeah. and w- the more i hang out with him like more I get to know the black culture like actually that makes sense the way they dress it's yeah. really not cool that they are able to do that i just didn't understand it you know so i like putting me in a very uncomfortable situation kind of learn you know yeah but um yeah like you were saying where i want to go right now i like to go places that traditionally people consider horrible i'm planning to go pakistan with my friend next year i would like to go north korea it just Wait, all, can you go all, to north korea yeah, no, you know, I mean, like people. You can. You just it, it costs money and a lot of. Uh, you got to go. A lot of headache, but a lot of paperwork. But yes, you can. You can go there. I would love to go to North Korea. Yeah, and and you'll be great. I think that would be hilarious for you to go. Like maybe even your your cultural exchange. Yeah. The joke diplomacy. It's, the premise can... is you go and teach American humor. And that would be funny to see you trying to teach comedy. First of all, you can't. But the fact that
0: you even go (laughs) to North Korea and teach them, that would be hilarious. And I I would love to see you go because – Do you know how funny it would be? To go send me to North Korea to try to teach comedy and yeah. just me doing funny shit and them not laughing at all, Yeah. like not even remotely.
1: But eventually, you you learn how humor worked then and went them over.
0: That's yeah. something I would love. That's what happened with me in Russia when I went to Russia. Is the, our sense of humor's were night and day.
1: Funny, funny thing to say that. That's that's one thing that I I did want to talk to you. I took Russian studies in college too.
0: <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah. Did you ever go abroad? I, I wanted to go, but
1: um, I had issue with my uh, citizenship. At the time. But I, I really, really want to go. And um when they when you talk about the whole machine that it's various.
0: Oh, I mean I took the I took I took Russian one, two, three and four. I have a minor in Russian. Yeah. i I have I mean I I barely graduated college, so I don't know what I have really. But I I had a minor. I went to Russia, and they were like, you're going to have a minor. You can never take another fucking class because you don't know a lick of the language. Yeah. Then I learned language through hanging out with those dudes. Yeah. I learned the language, and I learned how to order. I, I mean by, one, by the time I left Russia, I could not – I'm not saying I was fluent, but I could hang out with these dudes and chit-chat with yeah. them. And fucking talk about stuff. And I used to, I used to always try to in, incorporate American <laughs> idioms into my language. Yeah. In them. So I'd always say "tis nice to you Tis nice to And they'd be like, Sito? And I go, nice yeah. to you. you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'd say that with everything. I go, "Man, I go, let's go." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I go, "Bye, dude." Tis nice to you And they're like, "What the fuck?" Like, I don't. Know. Yes, I know. You just said it. I know what you're saying.
1: You got to go back with the travel thing, man. I'd like oh, to see you in Russia, North Korea, would, Afghanistan. Like, that's not
0: a bad idea. It's just go around and go back. Go to the places that are probably the least comical, and try to in, yeah. in, in, inject a, a bit of like American lightheartedness.
1: I did work for like four or five months on an idea for show where. Someone like you would go to each country, see, meet up with their different comedians, and, uh, and I did a lot of research, on, like all the different comedians comedians throughout the world, and yeah. uh, I'm kind of knowledgeable now. But the one guy, one of the show idea was, there was this Al Qaeda member who got captured by uh, uh, the, the police in the UK. They sent yeah. him to uh, po- uh, prison, and they have this program where they teach you to learn to read, uh, trade school stuff. He was taking stand up comedy class. In prison, this Al Qaeda guy, right? When the news got spread out, they got embarrassed. They stopped doing it. I thought, if there is a person who needs to take comedy classes, somebody who used
0: to be a member of a terrorist organization. My God, if you could get terrorists into like into an open mic program, yeah, and just get them to loosen up a little bit, like
1: and, and laugh at themselves and see yeah. all the absurdity in life, the we'll world be a better place, you know?
0: Yeah, comedy is comedy is massively needed. Like in my opinion, it is the one thing that, especially when you can connect, to like and and you reach the dude that you did, and they listen to you. Yeah,
1: when I work all over Scandinavia, you know, I've I've already got emails from people saying they listen to podcasts, they love it. Joe Rogan's probably the number one uh, yeah. podcast Scandinavia, but it's great. They love it because they they become our lives or your lives and Joe's life become part of their life, you know and Stand-up comedy is slowly becoming big in Scandinavia. They've always had comedy, but not necessarily stand-up comedy, which is distinctly American form. Jasper
0: Parnovic's dad was the number one stand-up comedian. Do you know Jasper Parnovic? No, I'm I'm not. He's a professional golfer. Oh really? Yeah, Jasper Pornovik's dad. My dad, I only know that because my dad's into golf, and so a way for us to connect was he. Oh, Jasper Pornovik's dad was a comedian, so it was like uh, you have a valid job <laughs> to me. Yeah. You should
1: go August uh, Zulu Comedy Fester in Denmark. They 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 listen to English
0: co- comedians. I just, did, I just did stand up in. Wait, I'm so culture. I'm so geographically. Stunted. Yeah, Denmark is part of Scandinavia. Scandinavia. And that's it's north of Germany. Germany. Balls, right? Yeah, and
1: uh, Copenhagen is Copenhagen. their capital. Beautiful city, beautiful people. And out of all the Scandinavia, the Danes, you could send some horrible shit. Me and Jason Rouse another comedian friend of mine yeah. from uh, Canada, we do some horrible material. And you know, I have feelings too. You know, I do some uh, for sure out of Asian Americans. I'm the most edgy comic. And when I say horrible stuff, people get upset. Whatever. But it, it, it doesn't bother me sometimes. But in Scandinavia, they embrace me like crazy. Really? Yeah. You could say some horrible, horrible shit. They'll go with you. Because at the end of the, day, end of the day, they know you're just joking. Do they
0: speak English? Oh, better than us. Really?
1: Yeah. that's why, uh,
0: <laughs> you, you and who? Because I well, speak pretty good.
1: <laughs> okay. But they're better than, uh, better than me. But Bert, they will love you because they've seen your shows over there and in podcasts they're listening to it you know if you're
0: to do it over there I'd go over there in a fucking heartbeat
1: in Australia New Zealand. Um,
0: Australia, I'd love to do stand-up in because I think my sense of humor is very close. Very the Australian close. The Australian sense of humor. Um, I went and did the comedy store in London. Yeah. And fucking... And I will say, and I just said earlier that people that think they killed, did not kill. I only know I killed... I have it on the documentary that I shot <laughs> yeah. because my documentary was there, but I only know I killed because the comics that were in the green room were fucking with me, trying yeah. to get me to bomb. and like they, and like And everyone was very like it was it's regular stand up comedy club yeah program behavior it's like the set no one knows who you are your name's not on the yeah. list no one knows but
1: they understand funny
0: yeah and so and so they don't know you and they're giving you a so hard time i don't know what you're talking about talk to the dj talk yeah. to the bodyguard talk to this so finally they go okay we know who you are go to the green room and then the comics in the green room are like listen mate what is the number one club in the world i'll tell you all right now i'm doing a horrible accent whatever accent i'm doing but like like listen you follow your time follow your time that's number one okay number one this crowd's rough they're gonna eat you up for lunch yeah this isn't america mate this isn't america this London you better respect us you better respect us you follow your time yeah you know, the, what and I was like and I was and I, you know me I'm I'm actually I'm a comedian these dudes I, maybe they are maybe they are in I, I don't know I don't know any of those guys yeah but like maybe they're big in London yeah they're not their behavior isn't yeah I can tell you right now from doing stand-up comedy professionally their behavior wasn't yeah because they were they were trying to be like I I made a joke so I'm, I'm a comedian and I will still yeah. be a comedian in that moment and I was like I was like do you, think, is this, do you think this is like a pro-Bush room or like an anti-Bush? <laughs> right. And, they, and then they're like, oh, my, if you're thinking about that, you're fucked. You're fucked. And I was like, yeah. I'm joking with you, you dumb fucks. Yeah. So I go outside. I go up on stage and literally seven minutes to the light, like yeah. seven minutes, destroy that fucking room. Right. Literally lit it on fire. Not and, surprised. Yeah, I'm like a fucking, listen, motherfuckers, I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. You want me to do seven minutes? I got that. Not only do I have that, but I'm going to throw in jokes that I don't normally tell on stage, but I know murder because I want to do well. Like, I'll do my fucking carrot-cucumber joke, bam, 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 come off stage, and all the dudes in the green room are literally jaws agape, just like like Yeah. And then one guy goes, I guess you've done this before. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do this for a fucking living. And he goes, mate, you just ripped that room. Nobody rips this room. Yeah. You got to come back. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here, bitches. I was like, I'll come back when I have like an offer. Yeah. When I'm actually like when Birth Conqueror's been playing there, but like I'm not gonna come back and do open mics in London. No, no I need i only work for money. But that was a great fucking room. It's man. a great room. God yeah. damn, that was a great fucking room. I could do I could have that room in the country in our country. Yeah. And I'd be there every single night. It was packed. And in
1: London it's like And the crowds were fucking, fucking awesome. awesome.
0: Dude tries to stand up and say a thing, and of course you know it's LA style, like I started in New York, same thing. Fucking light the guy, shut the guy down, yeah. and the fucking room loves it. You're like, God damn. Yeah. Man, like I haven't been nowadays it's like guy heckles and they're like, Well, stay within the parameters yeah. of being fair or I'll blog about it. Fucking London was like it was straight up Thunderdome.
1: They don't give a shit about your credit. They don't care what you did. They just, just want to laugh. Just yeah. make me
0: laugh, motherfucker. I loved that club, and I would definitely, definitely go back. I would but definitely what, go but, back. but
1: what's with the rudeness? You know, it's just so. It's really weird because I remember one of the first time I went to Comedy Store with. Russell, yeah, they didn't know who the fuck he was, and they didn't even let him walk in from the back door in the comedy store. And yeah. like, I was
0: thinking, like, you gotta be fucking kidding
1: me. Yeah. Russell just laughed it off, and we just left. But well,
0: Russell's, yeah, Russell's. Uh, my ego was fucking with me because I was like, I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting treated like shit. I've been treated like shit at a comedy club, yeah, in uh, you know maybe like seven years, like where where someone didn't know who I was yeah. when I walked in. And so, so like, and and, that's just from doing it for a living in America. I go to the clubs that I work and I, you know, so, so it's, I'm not saying that I'm like, I walk into a comedy club and everyone's like, Oh my God, it's Bert. Yeah, definitely. I was like, there's a little bit of, uh, of like respect where you're like a comedian, you know? And they're like, Oh, okay. The only person that gave me shit like that was that guy, Tommy from the comedy store uh, in in LA. I was like, that's weird. Yeah. I'm fucking
1: never, But you know, like guys like Attil, Russell, Norton, uh, Patrice Louis C. K. Joe Rogan, Stanhope. And they would never behave like you know who the fuck I am.
0: Like, yeah, no one would. No one, no one would. Like, why?
1: Yeah, because we're comedians, are tough
0: guys. Yeah. Like, like no, no one would ever roll in and be like, listen, motherfucker, let me tell you who I am. That's not who they are. Most of us will walk in, and then if if that's the vibe you're getting and it's unhealthy, we're like, I'm out of here. That's yeah, fucking bad. I'll just yeah. bounce and then apologize for missing my spot tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But I, I London, I, London, Australia. Here's they have uh, a comedy store in Sydney too, but they're oh, now they're all different by different people, but. but but uh, Sydney Comedy Store, I was down there. This is how great fucking Australia is. I was down there, and I mentioned on Twitter that I would, I was going to come by the Sydney Comedy Store and do a spot. Yeah, and like all the desk Squad uh, Australia guys were like, <laughs> yes. were like fuck yeah, bitch, it's on. We're driving in, and then and then and and, and then the Sydney Comedy Store called me. Yeah, and they're like, listen, anytime you want to come in, you yeah. let us know. Uh, we'll put you up. Whatever you want to do, you know, like death they were they were cool as shit and then it turns out that I guess their shows are run very differently and it's yeah, like Thurs they only go uh they only do shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And like and I was and I was leaving to go to Cans on thir- on Thursday Thursday morning. So okay, film festival. No, Ken's is uh, in up by the Great Barrier Reef. It's spelled K- oh, K- oh, okay, okay. Never it's, mind. It's Ken's. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we we're going up to the Great Barrier Reef. But man, I'll go back there in a heartbeat. Those people were so fucking cool at the comedy store there, and the people in London were cool after yeah. I did well. Like, but you know what? The other thing is, I was I was being I was being like. Like, uh, like, uh, not, what's it called when you play Devil's Devil's Advocate? I was playing Devil's yeah. Advocate. Yeah. I was like, I wonder how many times they have American comics come in. <laughs> yeah. roll Americans roll in and be like, I'm pretty famous in America. Yeah. Like, you can just blow smoke up their ass and then oh, suck okay. a dick. So I was like, I didn't think to, about that. You're right. They have to protect themselves. So I'm sure yeah. every American rolls in. Like, I'm pretty big in the States and they must get a buttload of a bullshit. Bullshit yeah. talent. But, but
1: going back to squad, think God for Joe and Brian Red Band, you know? Because, I did a couple of their things, and like their fans are so nice, you know. Like That's the
0: coolest community of of people. I don't know why. I don't know why it's called Club, but It's called because Opie from Opie and Anthony named it. He oh, is that how it started? Joe, yeah. Joe rolled into Opie and Anthony, and he used to roll with like he used to roll with like a fucking posse of like I'm I wasn't there, so I don't know. I didn't like, know that like nine dudes, and they were all like MMA fighters, and but MMA hadn't like blown up the way it is today. Yeah, and so like. They were just, you know, hanging out and they'd, and they, everyone's in like fucking, you know, probably tap out gear. Yeah. And, you know, and they're all fucking Brazilian jujitsu artists. Yeah. And, and Opie was like, look at Joe just rolled in with the Death Squad. Yeah. And so then they kept it as a joke, like making fun of it. Like, hey, what do what you, and then they started calling themselves Death Squad. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I didn't know that. Yeah, and so, but it's it's a beautiful community. Like it, it really is. They're protective. They take care of you. They're they like you know. It's like they're. They're a great group of dudes who all are like-minded. Everyone's cool. There's no douchebags. No. What, number one rule of Death Squad, don't be cunty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so
1: it's but, like, but they're everywhere. Like, like I'm going to Austin for South by Southwest next weekend. Yeah. There's Death Squad Austin like already tweeted back to me. There's Death Squad Phoenix. You know, yeah. Death Squad New Squad York Death Squad my
0: favorite. I got I asked for Desquad Key West because I was in Key West. I go, is there Desquad Key West? Fucking two seconds later, Desquad Key West. Jesus. Actually there's no Desquad Key West. But <laughs> but uh but yeah, I love it. And then they come to your shows and they hang out and it's, you know what the funnest thing is I was in Scotland and I was doing uh Trip Edinburgh? Flip in Scotland. Mm. No, no, doing Trip Flip. Okay. And um and I got a tweet, uh, you know, uh, oh my God, uh Derek Skilling, I think is his name. Uh, but oh my God, Burton, Scotland. What are the odds we could party with a machine? And then I wrote back, uh, p- very high. The odds yeah. are very high. Yeah, I'll tell you where I am. Come get me. A, come buy me a beer, and we'll we'll hang out. Yeah. So they um, they're like, shut up. So then they all like four dudes like yeah. kind of congregate and figure it out. And they're like, I go, this is where I'll be this day. Come down. Yeah. And I'll buy I'll buy the beers. You don't even have yeah. to buy me the beers. So they show up. What's the craziest thing is, um, you know, there. Uh, hypothetically speaking, you could assume that because someone's a fan of other mine, Joe's, Brian's, yeah, duh, whatever, and, uh, yours, any one of us, that there would be this fan um, uh, talent relationship, but there's not because. I actually listened to the same podcast they listened to. Yeah. So we just start bullshitting about podcasts. I go, who did he have on his podcast? And they were like, that week it was Bobcat Goldthwait. And I went, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, what do they talk about? And because I hadn't listened to it, and they're like, oh, it's good. Have you not? And then we're like, w-, and that was the same right after Joey had said it to the blue cheese or go fuck your mother. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, have you heard Joey yet? And I was like, no. And they're like, you gotta listen to Joey's. And th- so we just gossiped. We sat over a beer for like an hour and a half and just gossiped about the podcast. I
1: love your first podcast when you. Dad was talking to Joey to Coco Diaz. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> That's such an odd combo. Oh, it's so it was so funny because they were hanging out. Like, yeah. We were having a party here, and they were hanging out the whole time. And I had all this podcasting equipment. Yeah. And, and Tommy was – Buns was like, Bert, just fucking let's get him in the man cave, and we'll do a podcast with him. And so I was like, all right. So I go, Dad, come on in. Joey, come on in. So I turn on all the mics. And right. I was like, fucking – gold and my dad was drinking joey was eating edibles my and the fucking two of them yeah listen what do you want to be like a what i forget what do you, you want to be like a puerto rican or like have your balls looked by your neighbor i forget what his, joey's lines are joey's fucking one of the most fascinating awesome dudes in the world i, I could oh. see them doing like a radio show like every day <laughs> look oh. at your dad uh, he's coming back out he's coming back out in march uh oh he lives so in florida too. he still? lives in florida so i have joey Joey and my dad again. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, it's great. And I had Joey the other day with Adam Richmond from uh, Man Vs. Food. Oh, yeah. And and they were fucking great because Joey's just got one of these things where he listens to people. He connects with people really easy. He lost his dad at a young age. So I think... You know, I think, and his mom at a young age as well. Yeah. And I think that, that there are certain type of people who have gone through tragedy at a young age. And it, it kind of humbles you and yeah. levels you. And my dad's that kind of guy. And Adam is also um, not that. He cares
1: about his friends. And, like, he's always act. He's not that much older than me. But he's always act like an older brother. Yeah,
0: he's, he's, he acts like an older brother to me, too. I was going to therapy when we first started hanging out. Yeah. And he was like, fuck that shit, cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> with me every day. We'll talk. And so I stopped going to therapy and just started yeah. talking to Joey. And,
1: and, and I'm glad he's got a kid now. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So it's 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 it's, it's been uh, I think it's been really good for him. I think so. What do, man? What um um? Fuck! I guess I, I gotta go to my sister's house. What? Uh, I want to do this again, man. Are you? Uh, I'm in town all the time. Are you really? I've uh, loved. I would love to, would love to I, have
1: you do mine. I'd podcast. love to. Yeah.
0: I'd love to. The uh, Does
1: DVD ASA stand for Devil Badge? Double anal, Sensitive Artist? <laughs> But DVD stands for David, David. <laughs> and A- 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 A.S.A. for Asa. Yeah, um, we do that every Tuesday, two episodes. And you do Yoshi, Yoshi Yoshiden, didn't. <laughs> Yoshi didn't. <laughs> I did. I did that one too, and um, yeah, it it's just been fun. I I really like it because I get tweets and like Facebook emails and things like that from people from all over the world, and um, not going in detail about. When I, what I did to my stepmother because of my father's death. Yeah. I was always a little afraid to talk about that, but I started kind of opening up last couple of years. But what I was shocking to me, how many people where they lost one of their parents to their stepmother, and so something horrible happened to them, and yeah. they didn't know anybody to talk to. I I think I had a nerve or something because if you're a decent person, if you work within the law, sometimes bad people get away and, for them to do anything back at them, they're going to get in trouble for it. You know, yeah. it's a very unfortunate situation, but I give some of those people a bit of a relief because I can't go back to Japan because I beat the shit out of my stepmother. I'm over here. I fled yeah. the country. You know, most people can't do that. You know, you can't be, kill, beat up somebody who hurt your parent, leave the United States. You know, yeah. most people don't really have that luxury. So, but yeah, I, that, that I was really surprised doing it on Joe Rogan's podcast, and people are. They, they're telling me their personal that's, stories, that's you know. It's
0: crazy when you connect with people like that. I, I don't – I had one connection. I, I talked about this before, but when someone – you know, I think – I forget who. Me and Pete Correale were talking about – Very funny
1: guy. God, I love fucking
0: Pete. I love Pete.
1: He's in New York, right? He yeah.
0: moved back. I think he's moving back now. Oh, okay. He's still here. Very he's, funny. He's great. Him and Sebastian both. I had them both on. And um, I was talking about um, about being broke as a parent yeah. and what it's like, what that feeling's like and how – your it causes the most stress in your spouse because yeah. they're like is this it is this this is what i married into yeah. like i bought here and that and so uh and so someone reached out to me a guy named craig and was like i know exactly his website oh shit forget was fucking i should really take two seconds yeah th- th- let's do that his his thing because he's a nice guy and uh and, and people really go out of their way to help uh, us, you know, and uh, it's just shocking. It's a beautiful community we got fucking ingratiated into because of Rogan and Red Band, and and I, you're you're. Did you set up Joe with uh, Eddie Wong? The, the, the,
1: no, it, I think it's that was mostly through his brother. But I know Eddie and, and probably Dave, knowing Dave probably helped too. Eddie's, you
0: know? it was through Eddie's brother. You think.
1: I think so, and, but Eddie also knew David Cho, I think, and I'm sure we Does all... Did Joe know David Joe. Oh, yeah, because we did the podcast on Dave uh, Joe Rogan's, like, episode 317 or something. Me and David I'm Cho did it.
0: That. I'm going to go listen to that right now. Okay, hang on one second. Um, uh, Craig Heimbuck, Heimbuck is his name, and uh, he said, I drove some traffic to his site. His site is um, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, H e i m b u c k, b u c h dot com, and there's an article he did about me that was really fucking touching. That was he was like he did an article on me when I was did like season two of Earth Conquer, and he seemed to catch me. Yeah, he seemed to get my personality really. I was like fuck yeah, yeah you got me, brother. But his webs his Twitter is c h e i m b u c h. But he's a good dude. But. I don't know how the fuck we started talking about him.
1: No, it's people like that who end up helping you when you're in trouble, yeah. you know. And uh, even with my podcast, this guy, he doesn't want me to say his name, but he's from Hawaii. He sent me money and, like, I was able to do it. Because I've been unemployed for years, so it was very nice of these people to help us.
0: <laughs> George is going to come in. Wow,
1: she could do commercial.
0: <sighs> She's a... Okay. <laughs> come on in. Come on in. So, uh... Hi. Did you meet Yoshi? met him when he walked in, I think. Do you have any questions you want to ask him? How, you Hang on. Ready? I'm going to test her. Yeah. Georgia is actually really good at deciding uh, what kind of Asian people are. Okay. So Georgia, do you think Yoshi is Korean or Chinese? Here, into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Pick one. What do you think? Korean or Chinese?
1: Korean.
0: Wow. She's good. She's smart. She's good. No, she went to school. Her All of her friends, majority of her friends when she was growing up were Korean. And uh, hello. Get out of here, you two. I guess this means we're done with the podcast. Yoshi, they've rolled in. Um, Let's do this again, man. Yeah, yeah. Are you cool with me bringing like, because like, sometimes I like to invite people yeah. and have a bunch of people over here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're cool with that, right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Let's do that.
1: I definitely want to do what maybe with your friend Tom and maybe his mom or something. I'll be so Would fascinated. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, let's do that.
1: I'll, I'll be fascinated Shit, by man, that. I
0: wish I wasn't going out of town right now because I've, I'm leave tomorrow for Puerto Rico. But uh, but I'll post this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do two two this week. Hey, babe. This is Yoshi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So and this is Priss. Get Priss out. Babe. <laughs> She's gonna jump up on him. So uh, so we're wrapping up right now, babe. So, yeah, so we'll do that. When Tom and, I'm going to have Tom and his mom come over, Leanne, and Yoshi's going to be here because he's, he's – so uh, that'll be great. That'll be fucking awesome. Um, give me anything you want to plug.
1: Uh, Yoshi Denton and uh, DVD and uh, check out Asakira's website and also our friend Eddie uh, Fresh Out of Boat which is a F-O-B. new york Times.
0: i got i would love to ha- i would love to have him on the podcast but i don't think there's any questions i have that joe didn't ask him
1: um no no you should you should have him and uh, the book is number like new york times seller bestseller and uh on on, on, Vi- on vice.com fresh out of boat yep travel show
0: eddie h-u-a-n-g is his name yes eddie wong
1: eddie wong and uh david Cho asakira and me i'm telling so. you
0: man this is my all asian episode i fucking <laughs> I've, we're, we're learning we're learning. We're taking it to the next level, Yoshi. I appreciate you coming out, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, have man. This really
1: was fun. This I'm really was I'm fun. I'm going
0: to play this not not this coming week, but the next week. Okay. Do you have any dates you want to plug, or are you going to be in Afghanistan?
1: No, no. Uh, I'll be just working around okay. the town. All, all right. right.
0: So check out all the sites. Yoshi, how do you say thank you? Japanese. Arigato. you.